Hey, I want to talk to you about studio headphones real quick before we get into the episode. I know you've been hearing me say this over and over again, and I know I have brought up the fact that I've been saying this over and over again. But hey, but that's how sponsors work. You know, they hook me up with a good quality product and I want to pass on the quality to you and the savings. If you go to studio.com and use promo code three R show 15, you can get 15 percent off your order on any style of studio headphones that you get off of studio.com. So I have the Regents, I have the Trade, and I have the Nivea. I don't even know if I'm saying that shit right. It's N-I-V-A and it got like a little circle accent thing over the top. You know, the company is based out of Sweden and everything. So I mean, I'm probably pronouncing all the names wrong. (laughs) But anyway, go to studio.com to where you can get 15% 15% off your order if you use the promo code 3RSHOW15. Hey, got another voicemail before we kick into the show. I don't even know who it's from. It's from the 919. So, yeah, there you go. Oh my gosh. So, I saw this on Twitter and I thought that this was such a great idea that I had to call the number and just ramble and leave a message. But this is great. This is awesome. I wish you much luck and success in this adventure. This is something that is so unique and different, and I like it. Peace out. You are now listening to Ramblings with Rob. What up, everybody? This is your boy, B-Rob, and I'm back with another edition of the Random Ramblers with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcasts. You might collect them uh, what, uh, on some, some kind of way or whatever. You alphabetize them because uh, I know usually on the old iPod interface, they had the little up and down arrows. You can click it and it'll bring the ones with the most time to the top or you can click it again and bring the ones with the least amount of time to the top. And then I don't know. I don't remember. You can do them alphabetically or numerically or. But anyway, you get a pile of shit. You can just listen to it all however at your leisure. And if you're a new listener, I'd like to thank you for giving my show a try. And if you had somebody refer you to me, give them a crisp high five, whether it be in person, virtually, or by mail, because you can go to stickamule.com and get you a little hand die cast cutout thing and just send it to them. You can use promo code 3RSHOW. If it actually works, that would be amazing, because I just made that shit up. And boom. Done running my mouth, but we're here. We're in the continuation of the Rant with Ant takeover. Last episode, we had the young man, Philium on here from the Rant with Ant podcast. And now we have the leader, Patient Zero, goddamn Anthony Stefano. How are you, my friend? Uh, it feels great to be on, man. I- I'm excited. I just I hope that uh, my team doesn't say anything too bad. See, like, 
Phil's is airing this week. We I haven't heard Phil's yet because we're recording this like right before Phil's comes out. And G Rod goes after me, mm-hmm. so I'm inter- I'm like interested to see what my team has to say about my leadership ability. Is it like? Is it like Kobe where people are like, oh, I love Kobe, and then they leave and they're like, yeah, that, fuck that guy. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we we have the um, advantage here or whatever. So, like, I'll have yours now, mm-hmm. and then um, I'll have G-Rod's uh, hopefully Monday if we can connect that. I mean, they don't know the dates, <laughs> but um, yeah. I could flip-flop that. So, I could put, oh, true. I could put Williams will be out Sunday. I could put G-Rod in front of you. And then you can go last so you can hear your protégés or your counterparts or your co-hosts first. And then, you know, the Alpha Omega can go last. Yeah, I'm not I, I'm not an Alpha or an Omega, I don't think. I'm just. <laughs> well, you, you, you began this thing and, you know, is your shit. So you're going to end it. So you are the Alpha and the Omega. <laughs> I mean, I always say just because my name's in the title um, that I think. So I always look at it like two ways. It's like. Yeah, and you have your name in the title, so you'll get yeah. this. But I mean, luckily, yours is like a, a single man show. But, you know, when I create a rant with Ant, it was just me. Mm-hmm. So it's me. And if I leave, then there's no rant with Ant. The thing I don't like is that, you know, G-Rod and Phil put in just as much work, time, effort, yeah. and energy into this. But my name's in the title. Mm-hmm. So I feel kind of bad because I don't want them to feel slighted. Like I always say, Ram with Ants, not just Anthony DeStefano. It's 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 everyone. It's Phil and G-Rod especially. Mm-hmm. But I'm, a good thing about that is if anything ever happens and those guys want to pursue other options or leave, Ram with Ants still there because Ant is still there. Yeah, and and I, I totally understand that because like um throughout the um, years and everything, um, most recently I've adopted this uh, thing for my show. It's just like. Is my show in the realm of I pay the hosting fees, mm-hmm. I'm the one that edit it, and I'm the one that uploads it and put it out and promote it. It's mine in that, you know, in that area or whatever. But it, this is your show, dude. This is for the guests because, I mean, this is a guest-driven podcast. Exactly. I mean, without listeners, I don't think Rant Within, we just hit our three-year anniversary. I don't think it's still going. Yeah. I think that interaction and the people I've met, I mean, I've met you through the show. I've yeah. met Phil. Phil was uh, a listener before he became a co-host. Yeah. And it's like Cody Benoit and all these people, Nick, that I hang out with, I met through the show. Yeah. And that's insane to me that like you can have real relationships. Like me and you sat together at Mania. It was our first time hanging out. Yeah. And it felt like we've hung out a million times before. Yeah, yeah. Especially when we was cussing out them damn yeah. Roman Reigns and Brock haters and shit. Oh, God. I... Listen, I'm going to SummerSlam, and I'm actually I, – I wish you were there with me because oh, I, I need backup, man. I need backup. <laughs> man, Skype me in. Damn, FaceTime me. I yell at everybody. <laughs> oh, dude. I, all I know is you were, you're crushing some alligator. Oh, man. You're oh. crushing alligator, booing Undertaker, and then fighting fighting marks with me. So it was a good night overall. <laughs> man, we should, that could be – you know, the dude that you commissioned to do your artwork and everything, he should get yeah. – you should get me and you like back to back with swords and shields and shit fighting a whole bunch of marks. Instead of the sword that you'll be holding like the alligator po' boy that you're eating. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Sauce dripping down your chin and shit. Oh, you know? man. If that person is listening, if if you refer this episode to him, make sure he, he getting, uh, uh, you know, some some notes down for that. 
<laughs> Absolutely. You know what's funny too? Like, you know how you you get into this thing about recording, right? Mm-hmm. And I keep looking down at my audacity and I'm like, oh, I'm not recording anything. You're recording everything. So it's like in my mind, I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't hit play on audacity, you know, but luckily that's why you're doing it. <laughs> and That's another thing I like about um, whenever I have the opportunity to be a guest somewhere, I enjoyed that the most. One, I can be wild and free and do whatever the hell I want. And I ain't got to worry about editing, recording, or doing none of that shit. So, I mean, it's just freeing, man. Yeah. I just, I love being a guest. And especially like your show has no topics. We don't have to talk pro wrestling. I believe the first time I was on, we were talking more about social injustice and stuff like that, football players kneeling and stuff like that. Yep. And, you know, these are the conversations I like to have because everybody knows Anthony DeStefano, the wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. Everyone, you know, not everyone, but a lot of people know Ant. Like, Rant with Ant. Oh, Rant with Ant. Wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. But there's so much more to the man than pro wrestling. So that's why I always like when G-Rod asks me to go on songs for a moment and I can talk about Chester Bennington's influence and the used influence and Lincoln Park's influence on me and how music saved my life and changed my life. Yeah. Like those are the podcasts I really enjoy. Do I love going on wrestling shows? Of course, wrestling's my passion, but I talk wrestling 365 days a year. And it's just nice to, you know, we just literally have a phone conversation. It's just like, if I called you and was like, Hey, what's up, bro? And that's what I love about the show. Yeah, man. And I appreciate that. But like, even like what you just said, a whole, I think, man, has it been a year or was it two? Because I mean, oh, it's probably almost two. Yeah, it's almost two years. In because I mean, it was like a year or six months, and then you were on the pipe bomb. Yeah, and that's been over for a year. So I mean, it's yeah. been two years. Man, that's just fucking crazy. <laughs> it's, I mean, time flies when you're having fun, right? Yeah, man. It's just like from my end of the thing, from the last time that you were here, me and you was talking on this podcast, it's just like you were telling me where you're from, how you grew up and everything. And um, we got a little bit into the podcast, you know, Russell Addict, and you spawned off and did your own thing, New Age Insiders and everything. And here we are, you know, almost two years later, and mm-hmm. a lot of that has changed. The Rant with Ant is still around, but it's not the Rant with Ant that you originally started with. No, it's totally different. And um, I live by the thing, bet on yourself. And I, you know, this year we took a risk and we went out on our own and it was nothing against New Age Insiders. Those guys are excellent at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they still have one of the best wrestling podcasts out. It was just, um, it, I am not good at not being the best. And that might be a flaw. Mm-hmm. But when I do something, I want to be the best. And you know, it's a friendly competition or whatever it is. I just always want to push further and push further and push further. And I, I just really felt like I had a direction of rant with I wanted to go. That was a little bit different. And I want to try new things and they would have let me do that. So I don't yeah. want to say that they want to let me do that, but I wanted to build rant with ant to almost what they have over there yeah. where it's like, wow, those guys are crushing it. And it was just like, I wanted to see if I could fly on my own. I take a lot of time to do rant within. I mean, I've done it for three years. I have, I have a kid, I have a house, I have a career. And it's like, now is rant within existing because I'm with the new age insiders can rant within exist on its own. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much me summing it up because if rant within couldn't exist on its own, then I'm not that good. And I don't want to do this. 
Yeah, and that makes total sense, man. It's just like, for me, it's like you were doing your thing, then you got scooped up by them, and then you broke out again. For me, it's just like starting out, it's just like, all right, can I do this? So I started doing it. And then at some point, no lie, I really wanted to get like, scooped up by one of these um internet networks or whatever and damn be brought into the fold and network and do all kind of shit like that but after a while and you know i i kind of feel where you're coming from or whatever it's just like you with these wonderful groups of people or whatever are i mean i'm not specifically talking about the new age insiders but i mean you can just be in a group with somebody you can be clicking on all cylinders or whatever but like still you know, they would have gave you that creative it, freedom, but you feel constrained. In some it's that hunger for more. It's yeah. looking in the mirror. And listen, I like I said, I still talk to Liam and, and Bill and Jay and we're still cool. And, yeah. you know, like I said, I give them all the props in the world and I give them all the thanks in the world because who knows if my show would even still be around if it wasn't for them. Yeah. But it's looking in the mirror and saying, can I do this? Mm hmm. Can you do this? Are you Anthony from Rant with Ant? Or are you just Rant with Ant associated with NAI? And it's like, NAI gave me the platform. They gave me everything. And I can not say, I couldn't thank them enough. I couldn't really. And, you know, but at the end of the day, like I said, it's, are, are you popular because of your association? Or are you popular because people like your show? Mm-hmm. And I know I lost listeners when I left that network. And that was a risk I wanted to take. But that's that was the truth that I wanted to be told. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know if I was good enough to make it on my own. You know, may, I'm always open for cross promotion with people. And, you know, maybe our roads link back up in the future. Mm-hmm. Who knows what that leads to? Um, but I wanted to I wanted to be a standalone show and kind of try so my vision of what ran with Ant, I want to build it, is the Barstool Sports of pro wrestling. Yeah, I got that. Um, and I think that's the flavor we give off. And I think NAI has the the ESPN, like, they're awesome at breaking the news. They're awesome at covering the – like, their interviews are second to none. Mm-hmm. And it's like they had that on. They had the professional podcast on lock. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how you run a professional podcast. They have funny moments. They have serious moments. They're not afraid to tackle social issues. And they get these great interviews and they crush them. Mm-hmm. I just want to be a fan that fucks around and has fun. And that's just yeah. because because the more professional I got with the podcast, the less I enjoyed wrestling. Yeah. And that was another thing for me, too, because, I mean, even as much as I love wrestling, you know, doing the pipe bomb was kind of tiresome, man. It was just like I had fun doing it, no doubt. Every time we got in there to record, oh yeah, I was loving it. But damn, it was just like, fuck, man, I gotta watch three hours of Raw. Fuck, I gotta watch two hours of SmackDown. Do I? That's get the thing. It's, it's not just the podcast. It's everything leading up to the podcast that exhausts you. Yeah, and the internet does not help, man. Hell to the no. The twi- like Twitter is just. I mean, every day it's someone's targets on someone's back. Mm-hmm. And now, now, do you feel that that has been increasing over this? Oh, last God. Oh, year? yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, and here's the thing. All right. I'm not cool with with Hulk Hogan and what he said. Like that's that. So there's exceptions to the rule, I guess. He is the exception because he said something racist and he preached hate speech. 
some of these people, now this might be unpopular, Cedric Alexander's on the fire. He tweeted out a joke. Was the joke in bad taste? Yes. Absolutely. It's not a joke you should make. He made it, but he didn't do anything mm-hmm. except tweet a joke. AJ Styles liked a tweet about Republican stuff. Mm-hmm. He got shadowed. Charlotte wins too much. Roman Reigns is shoved down our throats. And it's like, well, why is everything bad? Why can't people be themselves outside the ring? Now, unless like you're preaching hate speech or anything like that, yes, tear that person down. Yeah. You have every right to. But if someone likes a tweet about the Republican or, or if someone, and I'm not a Republican, so I don't care, but if someone tweets a joke eight years ago, Dude, you know what I was doing eight years ago? I was being an offensive jackass, drinking, smoking, not giving a fuck. Yeah. A lot changes in eight years. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And the, that's like with that James Gunn shit, man. I mean, there was probably more tweets than what I've seen or heard. I yeah, think but don't... he apologized for them. And, and, and here's the thing. Again, they were jokes. Now, yeah. bad, bad taste jokes. Like I always tell people, the Chappelle show would not – would not work to be around today no. because someone would get offended and comedy is supposed to be offensive. Mm-hmm. You know, Cat Williams makes fun of white people and I laugh because you know what? Sometimes stereotypes can be true <laughs> and yeah. a lot, you know, white people do goofy things and Cat Williams makes fun of them and it's good to laugh at yourself. Mm-hmm. And Chappelle mastered that, you know, I have friends of all different diversities. We would sit on the couch, watch Chappelle show in high school and crack up together. If anything, it brings you closer. Like comedy should be that thing that brings you closer while tiptoeing the line of now what Roseanne did. She's an asshole. Yeah. But now now let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. Have you seen Planet of the Apes? (laughs) The original, the OG? no, I'm not a I'm not a movie guy. That's Phil and G-Rod. Like they're the now, movie guys. Now um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. All right. Sure, it was wrong what she said, but I looked at a picture of that lady, and I have seen the original Planet of the Apes movie. Matter of fact, I'm in the movie room. I own the whole box set. That lady did look like one of the motherfuckers from that movie. <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> I'm serious. I swear to God, man. It's just like that. But to, thing, to like, me, that's though, kind me. of preaching like a hate speech, but yeah, even if you meant it in a funny way. Yeah, because like, but you're you're targeting someone. Yeah, like to me though, that was like a fair approximately. I mean, that was a fair assessment. Like, okay, yeah, that was I a fair assessment. It. She do look like that motherfucker. I mean, her hair was styled the same way. Matter of fact, I think a while back, I even put. No, I don't think I did that publicly because I I, I, probably, I, fear, I feared the backlash. Well, but, that's the thing. If you put anything on Twitter, like I remember someone got mad because I put a picture of Stu Pickles from Rugrats and then Sam Roberts and said, hey, look, oh, same yeah. person. And people got like, how does that offend you? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Oh, man. oh, you hate curly headed people. It's like, what? See, Instagram is more the spot for that because they do that shit all oh, day. Instagram is like, I think Instagram's the best because no like and listen i get like when people want to be like people call them social justice warriors like and i get when you're doing it for a real topic but like when it comes to comedy or like the world's just so tense and i don't know if it's because of what's happening you know but like because let's face it the world's more like the united states is more divided than ever Mm -hmm. and it's almost a gang mentality and it's like you have to be offended by everything and you have to 
agree with everything that your party's saying. So it's like, oh my God, you said that. Well, I'm offended that he's offended, that you're offended, that she's offended. And, and it's like, and, but who's offended? Who then, is the one who is actually offended? Because then, that's and, what matters. And then I'm offended because you're not offended. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like everyone formulates their own opinions. Like, I mean, I, I've been through a lot in my life. My family's been through a lot. And, you know, there's jokes that, you know, cancer jokes. My brother survived cancer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, I do a lot for cancer research. And sometimes in movies, they make cancer jokes. And you have to just take it as what it is. It's a joke. Yeah. It's a, if you, if you can't laugh at the bad in life, you know, like my grandfather had Alzheimer's and we always used to laugh when he would hand me the remote when the phone rang. Because if you don't laugh, then life is depressing, man. You know, life is a depressing thing if you don't find comfort in laughing. And I get, com- you know, some slapstick comedy is not for everyone and offensive comedy is not for everyone. But there is a market for it. That's why it exists. Yeah. And then it's the same thing we would we yell every week about wrestling. If you're going to gripe and bitch and complain about this shit, just yeah. don't watch it. Don't shit. watch it. Don't, it's watch. A don't watch it. Don't listen to it. Listen. All right, here's the thing. I'm friends with um, people like I'm friends with Christians who probably don't believe in watching porn. So guess what they don't do? Watch porn. No. But they don't complain when other people do. Yeah. It's like. Especially in front of them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like, hold on, move your shoulder real quick. Um, No, but it's like, that's what I don't get is like, here's, I don't like country music. Mm -hmm. But if you're like, hey, I like country music, I'm not going to be like, well, you're fucking wrong. What? Why would you like that? I'm offended. Like what? Yeah. I mean, I, I like a little Alan Jackson here and there. That's, yeah. that's cool. I, I'm I'm not um, a big country fan, but I gotta say, like sometimes when you're drunk enough and the right song comes on, like I, a couple years ago it was like Red Solo Cup or whatever. Yeah, that shit would get me amped up a little bit. Not gonna lie, but I don't. I wouldn't like drive listening to it. Man, let me tell you something. Many moons ago, when I was a, a, a single B-Rob, I was in Jacksonville, North Carolina, and they got this little country bar out there called, I think it was Tar Heels or some shit like that, because we were in North Carolina. And, oh, yeah. Um, it was a country spot or whatever. Motherfuckers being there with uh, boots and cowboy hats and shit. And um, needless to say, I went in there with friends, and I was the only uh, African-American in there. And um, it was cool. I mean, it was no problems whatsoever. Nobody was giving me the stank eye. Everybody was just there having a good time. And then it was a military base. So damn near everybody on that motherfucking military anyway. So we in there hanging out, good time, having drinks. And this big motherfucker come up to me, lady. And um <laughs> it's so fucking funny thinking back on it. It's just like she come up to me, she's like, has anybody ever told you you look like Denzel? And I was like, <laughs> no. And she's like, Nobody probably ever will either. I was like, "Oh, you motherfucker. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> see, that's a good. See, that's the one that you have to laugh at, right? Yeah, that's funny as fuck, man. Yeah, I mean, like, come on, like that's fun. That's but like, she wasn't trying to offend you. She was just fucking with you. You know, it's a joke, like yeah. break the ice kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I mean, listen, I work around contractors all day, and contractors have no filter. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what they say is offensive to me, and when they do, I'll be like, "Yeah, chill with that." You know what I mean? Yeah. But overall, if they're telling jokes. And I mean, again, like if you say an offensive joke and you're using the N word or you're making fun of Spanish people or something, I'm like, yo, chill the fuck out. You're like, I'll tell people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that shit doesn't fly. You want to tell a joke about 
you know, a wife and a husband, go ahead, but don't bring race or religion into it. Yeah. I mean, there's those kind of jokes or whatever, but like nowadays, I mean, you should just check people just like how you just said. I mean, you need to check people because like. Well, that's the thing because, you know, I here's fun fact. I mean, I don't know if people know this about me, but my niece is um, half African-American, half white. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the N word. It will never directly offend me because I've never had to face racism. I'm a white man. I'm a, uh, so white people have never, there's never been racism against white people. It's just how it is, unfortunately, you know? Mm. And, but, you know, I don't want her to grow up in a world where people think that's okay, where you could, you could say that word and, and just think that it's fine. It's not fine. You know what I mean? That word is, is hate speech. It represents a very dark time in our country's history. And if you judge someone by the color of their skin in 2018, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Because there's no, it, it, there's no reason to, you know, it's, and a lot of the times it's, it's, and I work in the paint industry and it's aimed towards Spanish people. And <laughs> yeah. that pisses me off too. And it's like, these guys are here working their ass off chasing the American dream. Mm-hmm. That's what this country's built off. Of. So, you know, like, I don't, and I'm not Spanish. I have no Spanish family members, but I'm not offended by it. So I can't say, oh, that's offensive to me because I don't, I've never felt what racism has felt like. I've never felt what, you know, being called a name that offends you feels like. I can't imagine what it feels like. But I know in my mind, if I tell someone, yo, chill the fuck out, like that's not cool because that could hurt someone. And it's, it's not needed. You don't need to hurt people. And you don't need to group people by skin color, religion, or anything. We're all human. So as soon as the and I feel like our generation is going to be the one who kind of pushes that forward and pushes that narrative that we are all human. Yeah. See now, man, it's it's just like that fucking the last Jedi, dog. We got to let that old shit die, man. Just That's kill it if you have to. We need to get all these old fucks with that mentality out of here. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it's it's just it's it's true, like. And I hate, I hate that everything in this world comes down to race and religion and political standings. But it's like, it's true that, you know, like, here's the thing. I'm, this is the land of the free and you're entitled to your own opinion. Mm -hmm. But I don't get why there's so many hateful opinions. Mm. Because it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense because it's like, how can you judge someone before you meet them? And maybe that's just the way I was raised. I've never judged anyone until I shook their hand, talked to them. And then I could be like, that guy's a fucking asshole. You know what I mean? Or I could say, that guy's a really good dude. And where did people lose the sense of that? Um, Another thing I always say is hatred is definitely taught. Exactly. Because my niece, who's half African American and half white, and my, my daughter, who is white, Italian, they're cousins mm-hmm. and they love each other like they're cousins. Yep. They don't see skin color. Nope. That's my cousin. That's my friend. That's my best friend. I love her. And it's like, wh- why is it okay for you people to teach such hatred? It just, and that's me. That's my social justice thing is like, I'm not cool with racism because I don't understand how someone could be racist without knowing people. Mm-hmm. And um, most recently, man, it's just like, well, to backtrack for me, like growing up is like, I feel like I'm in that small percentage that got lucky. You know, I didn't yeah. really have to deal with that. You know, it was, I just 
I just got lucky. And, um, you know, I used the N word like heavily when I was younger or whatever, because of the music and the people I hung around. That's why I said it so much. Yeah. You're definitely influenced by your surroundings. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, that's with anything. Yeah. And then as I got older or whatever, you know, it just started melting away, especially when I joined the military, because that's a no fly. I mean, there's none of that yep. getting tossed around or whatever. You get in trouble for that shit. So, I mean, my thing was when I was in, it's just like you get the younger ones that will come in, you know, fresh out of high school or whatever, and they still haven't shook that stuff out of them. And you just sometimes you got to pull them to the side. Be like, hey, man, you can't be saying that shit. You know, I mean, because it's less like, all right, I'm from Louisiana. Then you go through boot camp. You go to your first duty station, all this other shit. Then you wind up meeting somebody else from your neck of the woods, from Louisiana or something like, oh, yeah, I get to talking. And, you know, yep. you talk like how you talk when you was back at home. Or whatever. So. That's that's. You know, I mean, I'm from Jersey. When you meet someone from Jersey, you talk really fast and with an accent, and you know what I mean. It's like you get more Italian for some reason, you know. <laughs> yeah. So like, somebody really pointed that thing out to me, and then since that moment, I pointed it out to other people that I come yeah. across that would do the same thing. It was just like I still had it in me at some point when I first came in, and dude put me aside. He was like, "You need to cut that out because." We work with everybody here. And if you say it and you say it all the time, they going to think it's okay to say it, you know? So and, that's, and I just like, I just don't, I don't understand. Um, that's the one thing I don't understand. It's like this country was built on being different mm -hmm. and for people to like, Here's the thing, I, I and I, I hate getting into this conversation. I respect the military. I, I tell you all the time, thanks for what you've done. Like I think every time we've talked to you, I've thanked you for serving our country. Yep, and I still feel awkward. <laughs> yeah, and, but you know, my my friends fought in Iraq, mm -hmm. and you know, my best one of my best friends lost his his like best friend in Iraq, and you know, they fought for freedom of speech. So. You know, if someone wants to take a knee during the national anthem, that's what this country's for. And if someone wants to be pissed off at them for doing it, guess what? That's what this country's for. That's what this country's built on. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, it, it becomes like, why is everything, instead of, one of the coolest things I've ever seen was a thread from the, um, the, the high school shooting victims. Mm -hmm. I forget what school was it with uh, Emma Gonzalez and um, the one in I was it in Florida. I'm not sure, man. There's so many of them. I was just about to say I know. That. it's the big one that there where the kid snuck in as the student. Um, I forget the school yeah. name, but it literally. So they were went to a, a, a NRA thing and. The, the thread I read was like, at first it was hostile, but one person who believed in having guns pulled them aside and had a conversation. And it was like, but why do you think we, why are you trying to take our guns? It's like, well, we're not trying to take your guns. We're just trying to make it harder for people with a, a bad mental health to get guns. And mm -hmm. it's like, well, and it, and it was a conversation yeah. where they didn't call each other names, mm -hmm. where they didn't say the other one was wrong. And guess what? It ended with them hugging, shaking hands. Total different political parties, totally different views, but they understood each other. And why did why in the world now is it everyone just can't understand each other? Mm. It, it's like you have to be this way. You have to do this. You can't tweet this joke. You can't say this. You can't do this. 
And it's like, then just you're, you're basically setting rules to how people should live and nobody's going to follow. And then you get mad when nobody follows them. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just, it's, it's a weird time. Cause like nowadays it's like, if I sit here and I compose a tweet, I look at it like a good five or 10 minutes before I tweet that shit out. Cause it's like, if it's questionable before I press the tweet button, then most of the time I don't tweet it because <laughs> I don't want to hear shit, you know? Dude, I, I, and I stay away. If you look at my Twitter, I stay away on rant with Ant. I stay away from all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I never tweet politics. I never tweet. Yeah. I don't, none of that shit. Because listen, again, it's not my business to judge what you think. Now, if you're pre like preaching hate speech, yeah, I'm going to judge you. But if you just are a Republican, that doesn't mean you're a racist. Yeah. If you're a Democrat, that doesn't mean that you're trying to take guns away. Mm-hmm. It's like, where's the median? And that's that's what's something I think. Um, and I talk to G-Rod about this a lot. And we can get off the politics after this. That's yes. fine. Is, is um, there, should, there should be a third party. Because people of our age, maybe we agree with what Trump's saying for the economy. Maybe. I'm not saying you do. But maybe we agree with what the Democrats think about health care. Mm. And it's like, but why can't I be in the middle? Why can't I be like, hey, I like that. I like that if someone tests us, you kind of have the balls to say, okay, you really want to do this. But at the same time, I'm like, hey, you know what? Why don't we have free health care? Why aren't we taking better care of our soldiers? Why aren't we doing this? And it's like, well, why can't I be in the middle of all this and just have my own ideas? You know? Yeah. It's like it's like Crips and Bloods. It's like choose a side, bro. <laughs> yeah, and then a lot of times those people agree too. So exactly, exactly. You know. Yeah. It's an, it's just it's just a wild world. It's a wild world, and you know wrestling's kind of um, this is the weirdest time to be a wrestling fan, man. Because God forbid I ever tweet something about Alexa Bliss, it's you get hate, and it's like yeah, that was weird. It's like okay, like four months ago, everyone had her shirt. What happened? Mm-hmm. And then now it's like Charlotte's the latest victim. Yeah. And she hadn't even been on motherfucking TV. No, she came back. Oh, why is she got a title shot? It's oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Um, came back Tuesday. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's, that's my kind of stance on it is, you know, if you're not preaching hate, then, then have your own ideas. It's fine. You're allowed to. It's what this country is about, you know. I believe in God. G-Rod doesn't. We're still best friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter, you know? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it doesn't really come up. You know? We're sitting there having beers, talking about things we love. That doesn't, you know? Yeah. Not like, hey, who'd you vote for? I don't get that. I don't get that train of thought ever. Like, I'm not going to, hey, B-Rod, how's this wrestling show? Hey, let me ask you, who'd you vote for? <laughs> <laughs> that was like that Dave Chappelle uh, yeah. skit or whatever. He's just like... Hey, he's like, if you ask white people who they vote for, they can get all secretive and shit or whatever. He's like, um, so I was fucking my wife and whatever. He's like, oh, okay, cool. Who'd you vote for? He's like, hey, sir, I'm over <laughs> here trying to tell you about me having sexual intercourse with my wife and you're asking me who I'm voting for. <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, and the older generation, bro, they don't care. They just come in and they're like, oh, I think he's great for the country. And you're like, all right, cool. I'm not getting into this conversation with you. How about those Phillies, you know? Yeah. But, man, um, just in the scope of time or whatever, um, like I said, you were just, like, really tooling up with the rant with that and everything. And um, from then until now, it's just like I hear you talk about your, your drive and your um, 
the things that you want to do with your brand and everything mm-hmm. like that. It's just like me from the sidelines looking at it from then up until now. It's like I kind of felt that this was going to happen, you know, not not, yeah. not that it was like a bad thing or whatever, but I just kind of felt, you know, just looking at the moves that you were making, the things that you were doing, the stuff that you were talking about that, like, I didn't think you was going to be with the network that much longer. And, See, and that, that was totally unintentional. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't planning on leaving the network. Like, I didn't have a game plan. It was that literally, like, came to me a couple, I would say a couple, um, like two weeks before I left, like, hey, I'm thinking this. Like, now I changed the name with Rant with Ant podcast because Rant with Ant was exclusive to NAI. Yeah. So me and G are like, well, how can we make this full circle? And we named it Wrestle Addict Radio. Yeah. And then after I left, I really wanted to build Wrestle Addict Radio because that would build rantwithant.com and give it content and articles and stuff like that and kind of establish myself as the brand that I wanted to try to set out to be. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, it's only been since April yeah. and um, things, I mean, we're floating, you know, we were on StarCast. Yep. We, uh, you know, it, it, things, good things are happening. And, you know, I, like I said, I owe a lot of thanks for NAI because they kind of gave me the structure and they gave me the tools. It's like Enterprise Runner Car. They gave me the tools to be my own boss. <laughs> um, I actually used to work there. It's the worst company ever to work for. I'm sorry. But, um, so they gave me all these tools and they gave me my vision and they, they gave me that pat on the back. And, it you know, Liam said it best. I still talk to Liam almost every day. It's like, hey, eventually people want to move out of mom and dad's house. Yeah. That and was- it's like, yeah. And that's exactly what it felt like. It was like, can I do this on my own? Am I am I an adult yet? You know, am I am I grown? And good things started happening recently. We have a big month coming up with our. Um, with, with SummerSlam and the Summer Rant Hangout and then StarCast in Chicago. And, and you know, the the website's growing and the Patreon's growing and the merch sales are, are, are doing well. And it's like people are talking about my brand. And that's all I really ever wanted was yeah. to, you know, if you're – so I do this for fun. Mm-hmm. But I also do this to be successful because I find that if you don't have a drive to do it, it's not going to last very long. And the only way to have the drive to do it is to be successful at it. Get that little hint of success. And it, it's not like success monetary. I'm not talking money. Yeah. Success is to me is when I walked into WrestleMania and I was in line for Roman Reigns at Orlando and someone goes, hey, Ant, I'm a fan of your show. Can I take a picture? And I said no at first. I was like, no, but let's have a conversation. What's your name? Like what I want to, I don't care about, I'm nothing. I'm someone who talks in a microphone. Let's be friends. Like let's, let's share our passion for wrestling. Let's have a conversation because you're going to remember, remember the conversation more than you're going to remember the picture or look at it. Yeah. And I mean, I ended up taking a picture anyway. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, but I, anyone like at WrestleMania this year, my pet peeve, and I still, I like it's, I'm appreciative of it. People would come up and shake my hand and say, Hey, I like your show and walk away. (laughs) <laughs> and i'm like but what's your name you know like i here's the thing i've met so many great people through doing this that when I, someone just shakes my hand and walks away i feel like ah that could have been a really good friend yeah it's like a missed opportunity like it's weird it's weird to say but i literally have the best friends because of this because of what we do mm-hmm. and you know um i'm still close to 
to Josh Lopez, who's killing it. He was part of the pipe bomb with you. Yeah. And I'm close to you. And it's like, we all met through this platform. And like, when we all were sitting there at WrestleMania talking, it was like, we've hung out for years. Yeah. And it felt, it felt strange because it wasn't awkward at all. Yeah. And what was weird also, you know, with that meeting and the hanging out at WrestleMania, um, Cody, the guy that you was talking about earlier. Yeah. That, me and that motherfucker from the same hometown. He yep. Li- he lived where, where I'm from. <laughs> Cody, who is one of my favorite people in this world. Um, one of my dearest friends, the most genuine, he's the most genuine person who I ever meet. I can't, I can't put into words how much he's helped me mentally and always encouraging me. And he's uncle Cody to my daughter. Cause I didn't think my daughter's met him, but uncle Cody always takes care of her. He saw a video of her saying she wanted an Alexa bliss in my studio. I said, no, it's autographed. Don't you know that Monday Alexa bliss came in the mail for my daughter from uncle Cody. And it's like, man, there's so many good for all the bad we just said in the world. Yeah. And all the shit we just said about racism and politics and all that bullshit. Then you look at these people like Cody Benoit and like Nick and like Phil and you and excuse me, all these people. And it's like, man, this world really has a lot of good in it. Yeah. And there's still a lot of people who just care about people. And, um, that's what I love about it. And that's, that's the success for me. The success. Yeah. Do I love when people go, I listen to your show. It's the best podcast ever. Yeah. You know, it's good to stroke your ego, but I like when people go, I hung out with Ann at WrestleMania and we had the time of our lives. Yeah. I'd rather have that. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> Cause like Cody helped me too. Um, when I went home to Lake Charles or whatever, um, me, him and, uh, Jeremy EPFL Lynn or whatever. On, yeah. 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 We, he, he lived there too. He lived in Lake Charles too. So we all got together. We went to walk-ons. And when I say he helped me, I had a whole bunch of mozzarella laws and fried pickles and everything. And he helped me eat all that shit. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, listen, here's the funny thing. In Orlando, at WrestleMania, I was walking by and Cody Benoit goes, hey, Ant. And I go, yeah, what's up, man? You coming to the hangout tomorrow? We were having the New Age Insiders hangout before before NXT. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, yo, can yeah, yeah, well, what are you doing? How do you like it? We just talked. And then I don't know if I said or him, like, yeah, let's grab a picture. You know, let's put a picture and post it because it's cool meeting you. We've talked online before, right? Yeah. In that year, just from that little conversation, don't you know who I roomed with at WrestleMania this year? Don't you know who I'm rooming with at SummerSlam? Who came all the way to Philadelphia for the Royal Rumble? It was Cody. Yeah. And just from that little conversation, we start talking. We started texting. And it's like, dude, that's the greatest. And that's the greatest thing. And that's something I'll always be grateful for is, is, you know, I see people wearing my merchandise. And you're like, like you have to double look because you don't believe it. Yeah. See, and that, that's what happened to me at WrestleMania weekend. I didn't see a motherfucker wearing my shit. I yeah. seen a motherfucker wearing your shit. Because <laughs> um, I think y'all was running around New Orleans doing some other things and whatnot, but I stayed at the whole um, Ring of Honor day. That I stayed for the whole thing. I, I was there from fucking 11, 12, whenever they fucking started in that morning all the way until the show was over. I was there all fucking day. And Dude, I, yeah, so like you were there for like five days because that show was fucking forever. I know. And I'm walking around 
the little concourse area and everything and seen the motherfucker wearing a rant with that shirt. I was like, God damn, look at that. I was like, a rant with that shirt. And matter of fact, I took a picture of the dude wearing the shirt and I yeah. tweeted it to you. And I was just like, I got excited for seeing another motherfucker wearing your shit. <laughs> it's, it's, dude, it's crazy. Like, um, you know, um, I'm and now she's one of my closest friends, Carrie, like just someone from the UK wearing my shirt. It's like, what? Yeah. Like, it's a different country. You know what I mean? I know. It's, 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 it's wild and it's humbling and it's awesome. But here's the thing is like, none of these people started as my friends. They all started as listeners and I don't call my listeners fans. I refuse to, mm-hmm. I call them friends and I call them listeners because after they listen to me and they interact with me, we become friends. Yeah. Like me and Carrie are the dearest friends now. Like we're, when she's coming to WrestleMania next year, we're going to go out, you know, with my wife and Phil and his fiance and Carrie, and we're going to have a nice dinner. And it's like what friends do. Yeah. And we probably won't talk wrestling at all. And it's like, that's the crazy thing is you find these people that you have in common with wrestling, but then you find other common interests and you find that, you know, there's a lot more outside the world of wrestling. Um, yeah, that, um, that WrestleMania weekend though, let me just tell you about that night. Um, buddy. <laughs> so Friday, I think it's a good idea that I'm going to conquer. I am going to conquer bourbon street. Mm-hmm. So I get to bourbon street. I'm with, um, who did I go down with? I think I went down with Kim and Cody wasn't there. And I went down with the fully posable podcast guys. And I saw Bill from NAI and I saw Maddie Wilson and Chip and all of them. So we were all hanging out drinking. Um, and then Mance came. Mance is actually a rever. <laughs> He's on the restaurant of radio host of get the podcast and chief stop podcast. Yeah. Well, May drunk Anthony, I'm trying to get tits out. I'm like, just being honest. Like, we're on Bourbon Street, bro. Yeah. First time on Bourbon Street, let's act wild. So, I'm like being an, a drunk asshole. I'm not cheating on anyone. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm just like throwing beads. You know, that's what you do. That's what you do. And he's trying not to look, but like, I keep throwing beads at everyone. And like, one person's like, Ann, I love your show. And I'm like, ah, put them up. Here's beads. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, so, I get hammered drunk. I end up meeting up with Lena. Um, who has literally me and her, one of my first friends on Twitter and we've never hung out before. We're both Roman Reigns fans. So we start drinking me, her Susie and we're like, we're having a good time and you know, we're just having the time of our lives. And I'm, I, I see uh, a bunch of people that I recognize from Twitter. They're coming up or we're cheers and you know, it's just all love. Right. Yeah. Well then I, well then I get drunk <laughs> and I punch someone in the face. Sweet. Um, yeah, someone scuffed my Nikes. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's I wore white Nikes to Bourbon Street. The fault's mine, but you can't tell Anthony, who's five hand grenades deep, yeah. that the fault's his. Um, so I punched him, and it, it was like, so you know L.A. Colin and Maddie Wilson. Yeah. They, so I literally hit this guy, and as I do it, I see Rob from Twitter. Um, Rob, I think, 1255. I don't forget what his Twitter handle is. One of my, again, longest friends from Twitter. He's from New Orleans. We hug. We talk. And then my phone's like blowing up and it's Maddie, LA and Colin because nobody knows where I am. Cody who didn't come out that night. Kim has then left. So I'm literally running around the wild by myself. So they're like, Hey aunt, where are you at? You know, you need to come back with us. So we hop into Uber like three 30 AM. We end up at a waffle house. Oh, as, as, um, to quote, uh, Mike went as you do. 
Yeah, you just as you don't plan, you just go. Mm-hmm. So we're there, and I'm, I am a shit face hammered singing happy birthday to the waitresses <laughs> because it was her it was her birthday. And it was four a.m. Why the fuck not, right? So then we're just like talking shit like friends do, and then I'm like, all right, well we're going back to your hotel. So Maddie Wilson, one of my dearest friends, is bisexual, mm-hmm. and. Very openly about it, very fun about it, and I love it. Like, I, I just think it's awesome. Um, and it was funny because uh, he's like, oh, you're going to share a bed with me. I'm going to tweet at your wife, you know, like busting on me, right? And I, you know, he said, <laughs> before I went to bed, I looked at him and said, listen, dude, you're straight tonight. <laughs> and I went to sleep. <laughs> wake up, right? So I wake up. We go to bed at 6. I wake up at 8 a.m. I have to meet Stone Cold at 9. I'm oh. 35 minutes away from my hotel room. I am 35 minutes away or like 40 minutes away from WrestleCon. Yep. So I get an Uber, $83 Uber. What the fuck? It's Saturday morning. Why is it so much? Mm-hmm. I get an Uber, go back to the hotel. Luckily that dude, his name was Adrian. I still remember that because my sister's name. He's like, yo, if you throw me 15 bucks, I'll take you because the other Uber ride there would have been 65. So he hooked me up big time. He takes me there. So I go, well, first, I totally destroy our hotel room walking in and walking in the shit. Grab my Stone Cold figures because I got to go meet Stone Cold. So I'm in line for Stone Cold. I walk up. Don't you know the motherfucker looks at me and goes, rough night last night, huh? I must have smelled like alcohol or looked fucked up. I don't know. But Stone Cold knew I was hammered drunk. Now, was, and, was that Saturday or Sunday? That was Saturday. He did the photo op Sunday. Oh, okay, so okay, okay. Sunday we go and he's running late. And me and Cody oh, who had photos, and we couldn't get our photos because we wanted to go to the NAI tailgate and support. Yeah. And I was like, it was just, but dude, I'm telling you, like, the craziest, and it's Saturday, so I meet Stone Cold. Then I meet Edge. Then I go, who are now on our uh, WrestleApps Radio, Kings of the Ring podcast. Mm-hmm. I go do a live show with them. Then I go to Supercard of Honor. And then we lose the car for an hour. And it's like 1 a.m. before I get back to my hotel room. <laughs> I've never been so exhausted in my life. Um, I almost killed Nick Giacobbe because he woke me up going to an autograph signing Sunday morning. And uh, he slammed the door by accident. And I was like, if you slam that fucking door one more time, I'm going to kill you. You know, like <laughs> I was like legit drunk, hungover, exhausted, sleep deprived, hallucinogenic, like everything at once. Like I was hallucinating that I was probably like in a whole different universe because I was so tired from Supercard of Honor lasting four days. Yeah. Oh, dude. It, but I, I'm i a big believer that WrestleMania should be in New Orleans every single year. I, I, me too, man. Because I've, I've been to three. I've been to the one in Dallas. I was in at the one in Santa Clara and this one here. And by far out of the three, you know, the atmosphere, everything, New Orleans is a spot to do it. They should just have like a permanent arena for WWE in New Orleans and they just do the WrestleMania there every year. <laughs> Listen, there's nothing like Bourbon Street filled with wrestling fans. Yeah. Um, you know, I am I had so much. I saw Kevin Owens, I shook his hand mm-hmm. on Bourbon Street. I was really drunk. He probably hated me, but god damn it. You know, that's the memories we live for, you know, oh, like yeah. I will never forget New Orleans. Now, ask me about WrestleMania Orlando. I won't forget it because of the people I was with. Everything else was pretty forgettable. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so Orlando was fun in its own aspect. I don't go to Disney World without my daughter. 
Yeah. I'm a father. I would feel like shit if I went to Disney World. So NAI went to Disney World and I was like, that's an awesome idea. I just couldn't go. Yeah. I couldn't do it. And so there was stuff to do. I just didn't do it. New Orleans, I did it. Like I went hard. My problem is in New York, there's not a lot to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's not a lot to do. So that's that's why I think like New Orleans would be a would be a great destination to have WrestleMania every year. Man. You need party towns. You know, you need you you can't do it in, in Philadelphia. There's not much to do in Philadelphia. I'm from around here. There's not much to do. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just like <laughs> I bought um Brian Malonis and um Beer City Brews a subway. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then they um I didn't really I didn't get down to Bourbon Street, but like uh, Mike, main event swerve. I I, I talked to him before I left to go to New Orleans. I was like, hey, man, if you want to ride with me, we both live in Houston. You know, just let me know if you're going to go. I'll pick you up. We can ride. You can ride with me. I got a room. You can sleep in my room. I'll bring an air mattress. I'll hook you up. So he said he couldn't go. So I'm we on the highway. We on, on the way to New Orleans. Damn near in New Orleans. I get a phone call. Hey, my wife said I can go. <laughs> I was like, yeah. well, shit. Come on get down. Get on the bus, brother. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, that's like, come on down. You get down here. Call me. Let me know. I'll give you the address to the hotel, and you got a place to stay. And that's what he did. He drove dude, down that's, there. That's he what went, about, dude. He went hung out on Bourbon Street for a little while because we was at the um, five-day show for Ring of Honor. Yeah, right. It's like, it's, it just keeps getting bigger. First, it was three outs, four outs, five. It's pretty much, you know, super card of honor, super, super week of honor. Yeah. And um, after we left the show, got to the um, room, I called him up. He showed up and boom, we went to Walmart the next day. <laughs> Dude, me and Mance went to Walmart, too. We went to Walmart that Saturday morning that I was hungover and I ate so much McDonald's and then I felt so much more sick. <laughs> Dude, it was, it, I mean, I just, I love New Orleans and, you know, it's the people you're with and the people that you meet. And, you know, I got to meet you and we got to like actually sit together at WrestleMania and I got to hear your awesome take on The Undertaker coming down and, that motherfucker. you know, fucking cracking me up. And it's like we all, when, when Charlotte beat Asuka and me and Cody like embraced and like I gave him the biggest hug because Charlotte's his girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like that, that's the shit that I do this for. Like I do it to create memories with people that I love and people that I've met through wrestling. When I started around with Dan, I had no wrestling friends. Me and Glenn, people think me and G-Rod like grew up together. We did it. Yeah. We grew up in the same area. We never met each other. We met through me being a guest on the Wrestle Addict because one of our mutual friends asked me to come on. That's how me and G-Rod met. He was in California. I was in New Jersey. And look where we're at now. And it's just like that guy that I didn't even know that I was on his show is now one of my best friends who was just at my house all weekend. Yeah. It's crazy how things work. Hey, let me pause right quick. Um, My job called me. So let me take this real quick. Boom. Yeah. And fucking wrestling, man, of all things that brings people together, professional wrestling grown-ass men with muscles some with a uh, oddly shaped physiques and everything and just weird looking at some points wrestling, wrestling around in the wrestling's underwear. a really weird thing if you think about it 
It's really weird, but it's really awesome. Yeah. And let's just think about that. It's like, I can only speak for my personal experiences. All right. I do this podcast. It's not a wrestling podcast, but I do have professional wrestlers on here. I do tend to talk about professional wrestling. The conversation presents itself. And like, I know, like, especially on Instagram, if I tweet anything wrestling related, I think those are the highest volume of likes or comments. Because listen, there there might not be people that admit they like it, but I think everyone likes wrestling. Yeah, I do. No, it's just like that's weird to me. It's just like out of all the shit I tweet, mostly Walmart related, but I love any, the Walmart blogs the best. <laughs> but anytime I tweet about professional wrestling, that's I look through my analytics and that's the ones with the most likes, the most shares, or whatever the fuck wrestling. You know. Yep. I can tweet about sports. I can tweet about movies or whatever, but wrestling is the one constant. It's the one thing that gets the most love out of anything I do. It's it's really weird, and it's just like you never notice how big the wrestling reach is. Like, uh, so here's a fun story. My contractor comes in. Oh, it's not even my contractor. It's a contractor from Delaware comes in last week or two weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. And he sees my hat on the counter and he goes, that's a cool logo. He's like, is that a wrestling mask? And I was like, yeah, it's, you know, I do a wrestling show um, in my free time. He goes, no shit. My, my son's obsessed with wrestling, goes all the indie shows, listens to podcasts. What's the name of your show? And I was like, oh, it's called Real Dance. I'm going to check it out. I'm, you know, I hope he likes it. He's like, oh, I'm going to text him right now. He texts his son. Hey, you should listen to the Rant with Ant Wrestling podcast. His son texts back goes, I already do. Tell him that Aunt Margaret's my favorite. And I was like, holy shit. Like how random. <laughs> but how like, random. That, you could not wipe that smile off my face all day. Yeah, man. I remember um what it was a couple weeks ago. Um I, and I think I mentioned it on the show once before, but um dude named Nick on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. was um flying from I think Michigan to Las Vegas. He said he just downloaded a backlog of my shows and he was gonna listen to it on the flight all the way to Vegas. And I was just like, Wow. You know, I I had to show that shit to my wife. I was like, look at this. Look. It's it's just- it's, <laughs> it's the best feeling in the world. Like everyone loves when their hard work gets rewarded. And um like I always say it on my show, like being out here on the microphone is my mental escape. It's my it's my drug. It's my addiction. Um, I want to make a full time career out of it. It just doesn't look like it's on the horizon anytime soon. You know, it you, it takes a Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah, um, Roman was, but Rome wasn't built in a day. <laughs> so it, it's definitely hard to it's hard to persevere and hard to keep at it and, and keep motivated. Yeah, but these people that listen and and discuss and you know, always they, they're giving me pats on the back and I'm like, I didn't do anything, but like, it feels good. It's comforting knowing that people really enjoy it. Like me and G-Rod Friday night on our Patreon, we're like, let's do something to show our personality. So usually like we don't record it. Usually like when, before me and G-Rod go to bed, we'll be like laying on the couches and I'll be like, all right, you are Henry the Hands Henderson and you have a match coming up at the Dome. And then he has to, like, cut a promo as this guy, Henry the Hands, that I just made up out of nowhere. Oh, that's crazy. We call it promo class. So we did it, but we recorded it. And we have 20 minutes, and we put it up on our Patreon. And just, like, the reaction of people like, you need more of that. That was so fun. 
it was like people are like, I want to participate. How do I participate? And I'm like, oh my God, like that's a great idea. Um, let's do it in Brooklyn. Let's do it at all in. Like let's have people just cut promos as fake wrestlers. I think it's an I think it's a fun idea. We'll put it on Patreon. It'll be hilarious. It's unedited. It's you can say whatever you want. And it's just like when people start reacting like, oh my God, this is hysterical. I'm just, you know, it was cool to see people like, oh my God, G Rod, we didn't know you had that side of you, you know? And it's yeah. like that's that's awesome. And dude, it's it just I it's a whirlwind. When people um ask me, I kinda I'm not shy, but I get shy about it. Like my manager the other day, I was going for a promotion. She goes, How's your wrestling podcast going? I'm like, Yeah, you know, it's it's okay. <laughs> when really I just went, like, it's fucking awesome. I, you know, but I just like freeze up a little bit. Like, oh, it's it's okay, it's good. Yeah, yeah. I haven't told anybody I work with that I do a podcast. I think I may have told one person. But, uh, you know, I told that one person because I knew they wasn't going to listen to it or, or sort it out or whatever. But Well, it's, it's like I do a podcast and it's like that's like everyone's thing. It sounds like, do you drink water? <laughs> like it's like I do a pod, like especially I do a wrestling podcast. You're like, no. OK, there's 45 million of those. Yeah. And, uh, and still, as long as podcasts have been around, I still feel like, you know, I run into a great deal of people that don't know what the fuck a podcast is. No, it's crazy, right? As big as podcasts are, Mm -hmm. people still don't know what they are. Like, you know, you have to explain like, oh, it's an online radio show. Yeah. (laughs) And then like, you know, I got way, I got brothers and sisters that are like way older than me. And then like the whole thing, the interview with Michael Jai White or whatever, that was like a big thing for me personally, because like, you know, I've, I, I enjoy everything this guy does or whatever. And to, you know, have him share his time with me, that was like a big thing with me. And I don't share shit on my personal yep. Facebook page. But this was like the one thing I did. I was like, hey, I no, it's like you, you, you fucking proud of yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's OK to be proud of yourself. So I shared it on my personal Facebook page and everything. And my brother called me. He's like, how the hell you do that? I was like, yeah, yeah I did this, 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 this. And, you know, he said, yeah, he's like cool. I said, like, was he cool or whatever? I was, like, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I had to sit there and explain to him the process of finding my podcast, listening to my podcast. Oh, it's okay. You got to go on iTunes. Well, I don't have that. I'm like, hey, you have Apple Podcasts. Everyone has Apple Podcasts. I said, I said, Do you have a, I said, you must have an Android. He said, yeah, yeah I, said, I got an Android. Google Play. You know what Google, I mean? Google but, Play. He said, matter of fact, I, I'll make it easy for you. I'll send you a link. Here you yep, go. that's what I do. I just text him the link here, listen here. But, um, that's it. Uh, and that, that's what I'm like going through right now because it's um, it's weird because of all the rumors surrounding Matt Riddle. Yeah. And like with Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle was a guy who I watched his second match because he fought one of my best friends. They became a tag team. They became good friends. Last summer, I, or was it two summers ago? I don't know. Like a year and a half ago or something, I hung out with them. You know, Riddle was down and me and Riddle became like friends. And it's just crazy because like when I had first had Matt Riddle on the show, I'm like, oh my God, I had Matt Riddle on my show. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, this is insane. And then, like, last week, I'm having a beer with Matt Riddle. And we're like, not even talking about my show. We're just talking about normal life things, you know? And it's, and to me, like, my wife's like, why are you so excited about, like, people talking about Matt on Twitter? And I'm like, because, like, this is so big for him. Like, his name is literally trending, like, about wrestling. And that's huge for him. And that shows that people care about him. And that's just really cool to see. It's like you get excited when stuff like that happens. Like 
I know this guy and he's about to do something crazy or is he going to sign or is he not? And it's like, but people are talking about someone that you're friends with and it's like cool to see. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, that guy wears the first time someone sent me a picture of him wearing one of my hats to the ring. I marked out and he's my friend, but I'm like, oh my God, he wore my hat to the ring. You know what I mean? Like, it's just wild. So my parents try to understand it. You know, they try. Yeah. Um, and I, I love that. That's I love my parents um, trying to support. Like my dad is the financial backer of Rant with Aunt. We call him because I'm like, yeah, I need to get new business cards when the Patreon money comes in. He's like, well, get them now, I'll front it, and then you pay me back with the Patreon money. I'm like, all right, like shit. I mean, you don't have to tell me twice, but <laughs> um, just like having that support system. And my wife lets me sneak out here every week and do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. I mean, you know how it is. You're a family. It's oh, like. Man. I tell you what, dog, it's like in the beginning of this, it's just like, you know, I was all in on this shit, pardon the pun. And um, it's just like it consumed me for a little bit, man. And it was just like it got to a point to where my wife was like, you are doing this shit entirely too much. <laughs> you know, I say like, you got shit you got to do here and blah, 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 blah. You go ha ha kiki with all these other motherfuckers but you ain't doing yeah. shit here i mean that's how it was for me in the beginning of this because you know that's how i was too i was doing wrestle addicts ran with Ann. i was doing a bunch of shows as guests and you're like and then you just don't you're not having fun anymore mm-hmm. and and you're not accomplishing anything and then your significant other gets pissed off <laughs> yeah and it was just like you know at the time you know i was just trying to figure this whole thing out so it was exciting because it was new and everything and you know i just got I got pod blinded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you fall into that like I content, 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 right? That's yeah. kind of what you think. I, I need to, I need to, I need to. Yeah, and then like but, you know. Now it's like I said, now it's just like if I got something on on calendar and my wife say, Hey, um, we gonna do this or the kids wanna do this, I was like, Hey man, I need to cancel or reschedule you. Cause I got some yeah. shit to do. <laughs> The only night that my wife knows not to plan something is Thursday. Anything else, my you know Thursday night, eight o'clock. That's when I record. That's my escape. That's my my gym time. That's whatever. You know what I mean? But when I was doing it three or four times a week, it becomes a problem, and I still get caught up in it, making logos or doing stuff for the website or mm. calling, you know, doing calls because now I'm running WrestleAddict Radio and I'm doing RamadanDant.com, and it's like, I always have something to do. But you know what? I've noticed that people understand that I have a career and I have a family. Mm-hmm. Rant with Ant's going to come out every week. I'm yeah. going to help everyone eventually do what they need to get done. But I stopped making everything urgent. I start putting my family first. Yeah, same. And it's like I walked in the one night and I usually record at 8 o'clock. Well, guess what? I missed my daughter that day. So I text you around and Phil and said, Guys, do you care if I do 8.30? I just really want to see my daughter. You know, I really want... I I don't want to walk in the door and walk right past her. That's not what I want to do. I want to sit down, give her hugs, ask her about her day, give her a kiss, tuck her in bed, and then I can come out here, you know? And I just feel like once I started doing that and stopped stressing about the success of the podcast and will this podcast be around, because obviously when I left NAI, I was a little stressed. You know, how am I going to, is this going to work? And now I've really established something and, you know, it's, it's growing slowly, but surely. And it's like, what do people like? What do people enjoy about Rant with Ann? Well, what I think people enjoy is how real I am. 
And I think they enjoy how when I get out here, I let loose and you don't know where my show is going to go. You don't know what character I'm going to talk about. You don't know how crazy I'm going to get, what 90s hip hop song I'm going to reference. But you know it's going to be a good time. And I want my show to be when people are sitting listening to it, I want them to yell at their radio and say, Aunt, you're wrong. Like they're sitting with me. I want them to call me out. I want them to laugh. I want them to cry when it's upsetting. I want people to feel like they're in here with me and they're part of the show. And it's more of a conversation and it's just fans talking about what they love. And to me, I can't accomplish that when I'm stressed because you can tell that I'm off. When I come out here, I clear my mind and I have the mic in front of me and it's me having a conversation with my two best friends, just shooting the shit, being my crazy self, letting things go and not thinking about all the burden of life. That's what that's what people love about Rant With Aunt is it's an escape not only for me, but I think it helps people also escape because they get so caught up in what we're doing. They feel like they're part of the show. They feel like they're sitting in a room with me, Phil, and G-Rod, and they're having this conversation with us. Yeah, and that I, uh, when we have conversations like what you're saying right now, it's just like I always refer back to this one meme, and it's been brought up multiple times on this show. Is the one to where there's the guy sitting on the ground next to this billboard or two people talking and under it, it said, the caption said, this is what it feels like when you listen to podcasts. <laughs> it's like he was a yep. part of that conversation. Yeah, it's 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 true. It's like I've gotten uh, Snapchats of like when I'm talking about Elias Collins yelling, no, fuck Elias. You know what I mean? I'm like, I love that shit. You know, I love I love that people feel that connection. I think it's just me being transparent. These people know me. They've met me. Anthony Stefano on air is the same person as Anthony Stefano off air. Now, now, let me tell you, um, uh, you, you, you can prove me wrong on it or whatever, but I've met you twice in person mm-hmm. um, in New Orleans. And um, this is my assessment. Right now, you know, you just got off a long work day or whatever we hear making some audio goodness or whatnot. And you're lively, yep. you're wired, you're all over the place. You're hopped up on Mountain Dew. I could hear it in your voice. Yep. But those Fair two enough, times, but yeah. yeah, but those two times I met you in New Orleans, you had to be drunk because you was nowhere like this. <laughs> well, it was New Orleans. And so I, so you sat with me at WrestleMania after I've been at New Orleans since Thursday. Yeah. So like, for for the people who are looking for the comparison, like right now you hear him so, stone cold sober, you know, 316. And, yeah. you know, he's wired and hot and just woo, full of life. I seen him in New Orleans and he was just like, yo, what's up, Rob? Yeah, I was real chill. <laughs> um, I smoked weed that day. <laughs> yeah, you think with so, Matt Riddle. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but, you know, it's um, it's crazy because like I do. Ha- everyone has that chill side. Mm-hmm. Everyone has that side. But like um, Phil will tell you, like in Orlando, we didn't drink and we would get home at like 3 a.m. from an indie show at a 5 a.m. I'm like, all right, guys, let's do this. Let's you know what I mean? Like, I'm ready to go. Yeah. And I just um, one thing I've learned about the things that happened with my brother, um, because, you know, he's still disabled. He's having strokes. He's lost his vision, his hearing. Um, my mom had to retire and stay home with him. One thing I've realized is that no problem that I'm having will ever amount to what that guy's been through in his life. Mm -hmm. So just everything put a positive spin on it. 
live life positive, smile, laugh. And it sounds cliche and it sounds stupid, but smile, laugh, enjoy time with your friends, live for the moments, not for the money. And I've really started doing that. And, you know, um, I, I have a bubbly personality. People say you're very like positive to be around. You're always excited about something. Um, and that's what I want to be remembered as, not only as a podcaster, but as a person, someone who always found a way to make people feel good about something or always had a, found a way to make people laugh or, or have a connection with people or I'm a good person to conversate with. Like, that's what I want in my life. And I feel like it's funny because you did meet me in Ma- Mania. What You met me, what, Saturday and Sunday? No, I met you. Well, shit. I met you twice, but it was the same day because uh, you, you showed up early that Sunday morning at the WrestleCon and I yes. talked to you for a oh, little God. bit there. Yeah, I mean, that was after Wrestle, that was after Super Week of Honor. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Su- so, yeah, I was dead and I was pissed off because I had to wait in line. <laughs> yes. Super Month of Honor. <laughs> yeah, it was a super year of honor. It was crazy. Um, yeah. And then, but I mean, Sunday, you, you saw some of my personality when Reigns came out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean... I was saving it. I was aggravated. You almost saw me fight some people, but like, dude, the people that dressed up like Edge Christian in our route, if they got oh, up one more time to take a God, piss, man, <laughs> they're about, they're about to get a TLC match, bro. I swear to God. I was Nick, little Nick was getting mad. Nick yeah, Giacobbi was like, fuck these guys. <laughs> yeah. You don't seem like that type of dude, but he was getting, you can tell he was getting noticeably irritated. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, that's, uh, I, I just really pride myself on being myself because there's, if you've, li- I mean, you listen to the show, so yeah. you know, there's episodes where I don't go off, off the cusp, but I don't get crazy where I'm just, you know, we're having conversations like this. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, it's all me. It's me. If, um, just like if when Chester Bennington died and we did a Lincoln Park episode, you know, I cried and that was real. I cried on air and, you know, that was real emotion. And when I get excited about something on air, I'm excited. And when I get pissed off, I'm pissed off. And I just don't want ever to be the person that comes on and has to turn on like, oh, I have to turn it up. It's 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 time for show. It's like when I put my headphones on, I just want to be myself. I feel you 100%. Now, the topics you're going to have to turn up. You always have to turn up the topics. Yeah. So it's like, oh, Finn Balor's not getting a push. I'm mad about it. And then you're like, but then you have that real conversation. But you have to – it could be something small in wrestling, but you have to build it up to make it feel big because you have to do the show every week. <laughs> so it's like – so it doesn't get repetitive. You make little details, bigger things, and you dissect them. I mean, last week I think we talked like 30 minutes about wrestling, and the other 30 minutes was about G-Unit. So I don't know. Sometimes shit goes haywire. <laughs> and then like um when it comes to wrestling shows or whatever i mean i i rather enjoy that because i mean if if you are a wrestling fan I, you know i also have been on the other side of that coin to where i was so much out of touch of wrestling but i still listen to wrestling podcasts because they kept me in the know but yeah. you get those people that you know they they watch as much wrestling as you do and they probably um take in a lot of wrestling podcasts like we do and when they hear your show there's a wrestling show and to hear you go off script and talk about some other shit. I mean, that's kind of refreshing, you know, in the, uh, a, a week of the mundane, you know? Well, well, and again, it's, it's the whole, I'm not here to, to be a celebrity. I'm not here to have 
um, a professional show. Yeah. Um, that's just not me. I, I listen, I have to be professional all day at work. I don't want to be when I'm here. And it's like, I'm in it to have a conversation with my two best friends and people be a part of it. And that's why we, you know, that's a real conversation. Me and you went from wrestling to racism to wrestling to music. And it's like, that's a real conversation we would have sitting down having a beer. And it's like, that's what I want. That's why I love your show. That's why I love, you know, um, music shows like G-Rod show where people sit there and talk about what songs mean to them. And then they go off on stories about it. And it's like, that's real motion. That's real conversation. And that's what I want to do with my show is I just want to be, I want to be Anthony, Phil and G-Rod. I want to be rant with Ant. And I want to talk about whatever comes to mind. If Girod goes, hey, Star Wars sucks. Well, guess what we're going to talk about for 15 minutes? <laughs> and it's like, because that's just a real, it's us having a real conversation like we're on the phone. Mm-hmm. Now, wrestling's the heavy topic. We do save the wrestling talk for it. Like me and Girod will be like, start talking wrestling. We'll go, you know what? Hold on. Let's save that. You know what I mean? I want to get your opinion, but I want to hear it on air so I can have a real reaction to it. Yeah. Now, um, you you spoke about music just briefly just now, whatever. What you vibing to lately? Which which? Because I mean, I know y'all do tend to drift into that music category on your shows all over. And um, I, I mean, just wanna... I'm I'm an old, I'm not an old hip hop. I'm not like a, a 2000s hip hop kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love uh, I love the rap with with the R and B chorus. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm a sucker for it. Um, here's a fun thing though. People look at me and they're like Italian kid house music, right? I listen to a lot of like post-hardcore, heavy metal, screamo. So if I gave you my top five favorite artists, I go The Used, who are emo, Linkin Park, who's like kind of all over, mm-hmm. Tonight Alive, which is like an alternative band like Paramore, Ed Sheeran. And it's like, what? What? Ed Sheeran? Like, where did he come from? You know, I'm all over. And then I would probably put like, Number five, Kanye. And um, it's just like I'm all over the place. And I'm big into Lil Wayne. I still listen to like the Carter 2. The Carter 1, Carter 2. I don't really mess with the Carter 3, Carter 4. I like when Weezy used to actually make sense when he rapped. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm a sucker for like that 2000s hip hop, the G-Unit, Banks, J.R. Ryder, Dipset. You know, all that kind of stuff. Jada Kiss. And then I like a lot of like Kill Switch Engage, Trivial, Asking Alexandria, like rock, metal, post hardcore. I like emo. Like I'm all over. Like I'll, I know every pop song on the radio. I just love music. I can vibe to anything. I'm not the biggest fan of country, but I can literally vibe to everything. Um, lately I've been listening to a lot of the post traumatic, uh, EP from Mike Shinoda of Lincoln Park, which kind of documents what he went through after Chester Bennington took his life. Um, really solid album has some really hard hitting song has some really fun songs. And it really shows what a musician that Mike Shinoda is. Um, and besides that, I go on Spotify and I hit your daily mix and I go Meek Mill. I'm from near Philly. So I got to love Meek um, and dreams and nightmares literally won the Eagles to Super Bowl. I really think that that song motivated the Eagles to put that chip on their shoulder. I do because when I played sports, I had certain songs I listened to to pump me up. And there's times when I didn't listen to them songs and I didn't perform the way I should have. 
and I it might be one of those weird sports things. You have to wear the same boxers every game or whatever. But it's, it's, it might be a superstition. That's the word I was looking for. But um, I, I think that music motivates you. And my favorite musician, Bert, the lead singer of the youth, is quoted on saying music has a power greater than love. And I really do think that music and wrestling are something that I look to because it doesn't matter. You're like you're tying everything back together. It doesn't matter your religion, your culture, how you're born, how much money you have, your race. It doesn't matter when it comes to music and wrestling. We are all fans. We all love it. And we're all passionate about it. And that's the way the world works. This what makes the world go round. Oh, I've been fucking with a lot of Mike, Michael Jackson, too. Michael Jackson's probably one of my favorite musicians of all time. So I've been lately, I've been going back to like Jackson 5, you know, um, listen to Michael Jackson's greatest hits on Spotify. Queen, I was on a Queen kick last week with Freddie Mercury. I think Freddie Mercury is the best front man of all time. So my me, I have Bon Jovi lyrics tattooed on my back. I'm all over the place with music. <laughs> I know them. My kid, it's it's crazy. Like, as long as Michael Jackson been around making music, well, he ain't around no more. But you you get what I'm saying. No, oh, yeah. My, oh. I mean, he just had a song come out with Drake. So. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, because Joe Jackson died, and he went up there and told him to get back to work. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one said your name. Get back out there, kid. <laughs> yeah, but um, my kids love Michael Jackson. Everybody loves Michael. Jackson. I mean captivating man captivating it's it's there will never be another artist like michael jackson or because prince. ever everybody prince so here's the thing prince was an excellent musician i liked prince mm-hmm. but if a prince song comes on i don't feel the way i do michael jackson made this music that just did something to you like you had to dance you had to sing it was just it was pure magic and i like prince and, yeah. and prince is a great musician but I just have a different feeling when I li- like I listen to Prince, I can vibe out. I'm like, yeah, this is real good shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But Michael Jackson is someone who evokes emotion, if that makes sense. Where it's like, yeah, I got you. You just, for one, you can't sit still, and you you cannot not sing a Michael Jackson song. Yeah. The only person I would say like near that was like '90s Mariah Carey, where it's like everybody knew a Mariah Carey song. Yeah. You couldn't not sing it. You couldn't not, you know, it, it evoked emotion. I don't think she was on any level playing field as Michael Jackson, but I'm saying as a solo artist, that's very rare when you have someone like that, that evokes emotion and that, you know, the song and everybody is a fan. of. Yeah. I I can guarantee you right now. I got a seven year old that's in the other room right now. If I brought her in here and I played just about any Michael Jackson song uh, other than those last two albums, because I don't think heard those too much. She can probably, tell you the lyrics to that song and it's and here's the thing it's like it's kind of like passed on like my daughter knows a lot of the lyrics she's almost four she knows a lot of lyrics to lincoln park because she hears it in daddy's car and i feel like you know with with music it's passed down where i remember listening to sticks you know i'm sailing away in my dad's car and i remember listening to michael jackson and bon jovi leonard skinner um, you know, um, ZZ Top, all of them. You know, all, all the different types of music my dad used to listen to. Um, I remember listening to MC Hammer because my brother listened to it. I remember listening to like Eminem and Mace because my sister was listening to them. And it's like music is something that's just passed on. And when you hear something you like, it clicks. But it's rare. 
that like when my daughter listens to Michael Jackson and starts dancing, like that song was made prior to daddy being made and you're still vibing to it. <laughs> that's how you know it's a good fucking song. You know what I mean? It's just like music's passed down and the good music will live with us forever. That's why people like Freddie Mercury and Michael Jackson and Kurt Cobain and the Beatles. That's why they're talked about so much because their music is that good that it will live on forever. Forever. <laughs> Sandlot. How about, are they doing a, I, I thought I heard that they're playing Sandlot in movie theaters again, or they did for 4th of July. I don't know, man. Um, I know around here they played some um older movies. I forget what it was. It was like some black and white shit that was playing down this way. But um it, they usually do that every now and then, like for the kids to come out and whatnot. They had um right down the road, um, a movie in the park over here, so they had like a little community thing going on. They played like those summer movies. Yeah, I, I I'm a I'm not a big movie, I'm a comedy guy. So um, I don't know if you ever seen the movie Couples Retreat. Yes, of course. Well, last week I noticed that Adam Cole Adam is the Cole. guy from Couples Retreat. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> All the way from how he looks to boom. Like, holy fuck, that's Adam Cole. But yeah, I mean, I love comedies. I'm a sucker for comedies. My favorite movie of all time is Wedding Crashers. Um, followed up very closely. I can recite most of Happy Gilmore. My, like my wife wants wedding crashes. Yeah, see, I'm a happy like so like out of nowhere. Sometimes I'll be like, they wouldn't play. Let me play on the pro tour anymore. Oh, I'm sorry, cause you're black. Hell no, damn alligator bit my hand off. Oh my god, tournament down in Florida. Hook my ball in the rough down by the lake. Alligator just popped up, cut me down in my prime. He got me, but I tore one of the bass's eyes out. Look at that. You're pretty sick, Chubbs. <laughs> I know it word for word verbatim. And then Chubbs died because you got and the I, alligator's head. Hey, he Chubb, remember the alligator that got your hand? Well, I got his head. <laughs> uh, then he fall out the window. <laughs> like, I literally know almost every line to that movie. And I just, so when I do like a movie, I watch the shit out of it. You know what I mean? 40-year-old version, Step Brothers, stupid comedy like that. Um, my The only non-comedy that's in my top three is Departed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that movie was excellent. And I, but here's the thing with me, if the departed's on TV, sometimes I won't watch it. If wedding crashers is on TV, I'm like, nah, babe, we're not going anywhere. I'm sitting down. Wedding crashers is on. <laughs> it's like, I know the movie word for word. I know what happens and I love it. <laughs> it's, uh, that, you know, that's that's kind of like me and um, half baked with Dave Chappelle. <laughs> oh yeah. And like, I love, um, speaking of like NAI, as we're talking earlier, like that movie show that they do. Oh man. I, yeah. I fucking love it. I, I love Mike, it. I love Mike and Liam's great. And, and like those two chemistry is amazing. And the way they break down movies, it's funny, but it's like, you know, like that movie show is, is a great idea. And it, a lot of times they'll post, like they post something like about basketball. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. I forgot how much I love that fucking movie. I went back and I watched basketball and I, I missed so many jokes when I was younger. Yeah that I got now, you know, where did, where did Shaq make all of his money? Well, everyone knows it was college. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, but it, uh, just the Reggie Jackson ball storyline. Like there's so many funny things in that movie. And I remember like when we were kids, we were playing that game. We tried to play basketball. We tried to actually make it a game for a na- the neighborhood. Oh man. And, and that was another, that's another thing about that movie show is like, anytime I listen to it, or whatever, I 
I want to go watch that movie or I, if 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 I look around on these shelves and that movie is not here, I go get that shit. Yeah, I, I and I know you're a movie buff and G-Rod is like a huge like horror film, thriller film buff. Um I hate that kind of genre. I don't know, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just a pansy ass, but <laughs> I don't find being scared any fun. Like, it's not fun for me to lay to bed at night and not sleep because I think a serial killer is going to come murder me. I just, I just don't find that fun. I don't find it fun. I'd rather laugh go to bed. You know what I mean? Go to bed laughing about how funny that movie was. Yeah. That's just... That's, that's how my oldest kid would be. It's just like, if we all watch a scary movie, um, like when it's all over and everybody going up to their room to go to sleep, she'll go in there and turn on cartoons before she go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, so like... Uh, I don't go see horror movies, but there is this chick before I met my wife, beautiful blonde. And she was like, Hey, you want to come? We were working together. And then she was like, Hey, you know, want to come up to my house because she didn't, she lived at the shore in the summer. I live in a shore town. Want to come up to my house? I have to go home this weekend. You want to come up with me, meet my parents and stuff like that. I'm like, sure. I'll come up for the weekend. So we go up there and she's like, Hey, I want to go see a movie. I want to go see the strangers. Oh yeah. And like, yeah, I'm like, fuck, like, fuck. You know, I want to, I want to get it in. I like this girl. Fuck it. I'm going to see the strangers. Right. So we go see the strangers and I'm like, oh, that's not bad. Right. We pull up to our house, right. In the middle of the fucking woods. Right. We go, we hang out in the basement. We hook up or whatever. And then she's like, oh, you know, obviously you can't sleep in bed with me, but we have a guest room. Oh, come on now. So I, yeah. Right. Like, fuck. So I go in the guest room and I'm laying on this bed. The bed's creaking every time I move. I look in the corner. There's an old vintage rocking chair. No. And then right above it, there's a picture frame a Bray with like a, a teddy bear, <laughs> like like a weirdly scary teddy bear. Like why do you have? A, why do your parents have a, a twelve by sixteen of a teddy bear? But it's like over the rocking chair, right? So that whole night, you know, I didn't fucking go to sleep. I sat up Indian style looking at that rocking chair the whole time. <laughs> like, motherfucker, I hope someone tries this. You know, like game plan. I'm like, I'm going to fuck that. I'm going to fuck that person up. She knocks like at 430. She like walks past to go to the bathroom, I guess. And she sees me door open, sitting Indian style on the bed looking at the chair. She's like, are you OK? And I looked at her. I was like, no, man, that movie fucked me up. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like. Yeah, and then you know, two weeks later, I met my wife. So, oh, there you know, go. it was meant to be. It was, it was, it was all that, you know, I kind of cut ties with her after that because I'm like, I cannot do this horror movie shit. One of the first questions I asked my wife, yeah, so what kind of movies you want? Like, you like, yeah, you want to come over and watch a movie? She said, yeah, but I don't do horror movies. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> because I just almost got killed by a fucking psychotic teddy bear in a 12 by 24 picture. <laughs> It was the it was literally oh god I had chills just thinking about being in that room like like this house was beautiful in the middle of the fucking woods after we just watched a movie about people getting murdered in the middle of the woods oh no and then like, the strangers like you the whole movie is about knocking and like that whole night I'm hearing knocking and I'm like what the fuck that <laughs> 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 just fucked with me man and then ever since then I. I don't think I've watched a horror movie since then, bro. The only like scary movie, and it's not even scary movie that I fuck with, is The Secret Window with Johnny Depp. Yeah, that was weird. That, that's a thriller. It's suspenseful. There's nothing scary about it. 
you know? He ate corn at the end. Yeah, he bit into his corn after he buried his fucking wife. <laughs> Spoilers, sorry. Yeah, sorry, the movie came out 12 years ago. I hope you didn't see it, you know? <laughs> but no, like, that's... I don't do horror movies. That, that's a fun... Uh, that's a fun story that I don't think a lot of people know, but now they do. Is that I'm a, I'm a pansy, and uh, the stranger scared the shit out of me. There's a sequel out. You want to watch it? Um, I'm good. I think um, once is enough. But you know what really got me at the end? You think she's dead, and she screams real loud. And you're like, fuck! Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that last scene got me, man. It's still, I have chills. Like, I'm really about to take a picture of the chills running up my arm thinking about that night. No, you should... Um... See, um, I spit on your grave. See, now, like, how that just sounds disturbing. It's like, oh, you should watch someone fucking get their head chopped off. No thanks. Well, no, it's a revenge movie. I mean, it's not like, you know, raw. See, like, I, I don't mind it, like, revenge stuff, like The Punisher. Like, yeah, dude, fucking go kill everyone. You know what I mean? But when it's like, I don't know, man, something about masks. Now I'm looking at cane action figures in my studio. I'm getting fucking weirded out. Like they're going to come to life. Yeah. <laughs> you hit the daggone. Yeah, I used, so I used to have nightmares about cane growing up. Oh. I always had this one dream. And I had to be like, when did cane come into the WWE? 96? I think so. Don't 97? Me. I had to be 10 years old. Let's say I'm 10. I remember I had these dreams once a week because I was such a diehard wrestling fan that I would be winning the Royal Rumble and then Kane would appear and I was so scared of Kane that I would always eliminate myself <laughs> and I was always like this next dream I'm fighting Kane and every time Kane came out in my dream I would fucking jump over the top rope and run because I was scared and I don't know what made the dream end I guess when he started talking or whatever and I noticed he wasn't like a, a real monster but like dude I I just do not do well with scary shit man I don't do well with it like I was scared of Kane growing up I had nightmares about that man he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time now you're like watching all of his old shit you're like oh my god this guy's so awesome his gear is awesome because you but when you're a 10 year old kid like Kane scared the shit out of you yeah, um, I don't know what I felt about Kane because, like, I know I'm a little bit older than you, so it's just like I knew he was just like a badass, and like you know, to get back on that Undertaker shit, um, what I really thought, what I, well, and, and I don't know how much sense it would make or whatever, but to me, you know, it's just a thought that I had. It's just like kind of the way they started their rivalry. You know, he came in, he broke the damn. Cage off. Cage, that was, the door off the page. It's the best debut of all time. Yeah. So they had that whole thing going with it. They're supposedly brothers in storyline. And they had this, you know, this whole career. Undertaker worth, burnt the house down. Yeah. They had this whole career worth of shit together. And I thought it would have been cool if they retired each other. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Being a wrestling fan. Yes. Kane is a child. He's Undertaker's younger brother. Uh -oh. He's in the house. We talk about logic. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's minding his own business mm -hmm. with his parents. Plan and the stars. Undertaker sets the house on fucking fire, mm -hmm. killing his parents, attempting to kill his brother. Mm -hmm. How the fuck is his brother the bad guy? Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Like, Kane should have been the face. <laughs> now, um... 
was this? Did they get into the? I know they built a storyline or whatever, but did they get into the circumstances of the fire? Was it like, hey, I knocked over a fucking candle? I I don't know. The cat knocked over a candle. I don't know what happened, but all I know is you told me the Undertaker burnt the house down. King wasn't at the parents' time. To me, what the fuck? Why am I cheering for the Undertaker? He's a murderer. And then (laughs) didn't come to find out. Paul Bearer is Kane's father or some shit like that. And then come to find out Kane's actually not physically scarred from the fire. It's just mental. Mental <laughs> scars. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, when he, I was so excited for him to take his mask off because I was like, oh, his face is going to look so cool. Yeah. And he took his mask off. I was like, oh, it's Isaac Yankum. <laughs> yeah, black, black shoe polish on his face and <laughs> <laughs> a horrible mullet. <laughs> the hair was fake. You're like, what the fuck? Man. Uh, wrestling was so fun. Wrestling still is fun, but like, if you go back and dissect the '90s of wrestling, you crack up. Yeah, especially when you get those cer- certain rare moments out of content, out of context or whatever. It's just like you see clips of this shit and he's like, "What the fuck is that?" Like the um, what's the shady Vic? Yeah, that, and then um, hide and May right young, shit May with young Michael Cole. Birth to a hand. Yeah, or the hide and right shit with Michael Cole. Oh my god, or or um Al Snow's dog Pepper. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about that not too long ago. Yeah, last week we it's like, yo, what the fuck? Like, what were these storylines? That's your dog. <laughs> and like some of the storylines back then, like Goldust fought Roddy Roddy Piper. Yeah. Goldust was a heel because he was flamboyant and he was very sexual and he was kind of like bisexual, right? Yeah. And Rowdy Piper hated that. So how was Goldust the heel? <laughs> You're like, what? What? That guy's just trying to live his fucking life and, and then love who he wants to love. And Rowdy Piper hates it. Well, he had his, uh, he ran out of bubble gum. Right, so he had so, to kick ass. Yeah, so he had to kick his ass. I mean, it was just like it's part of the criteria. I mean, if he had some bubble gum that day, it wouldn't have happened. If you look back at it, it's like, wow, WWE. Like we said, Chappelle show wouldn't fly. The shit that they did back then yes. in the nineties, Raw would have been canceled, bro. Yes, Jerry Lawler calling Goldust uh, the f word. The, yeah, and then them, um, you know, talking about his daughter or some shit. Talking about she a doorknob, everybody get a turn. <laughs> right? Like, just degrading people. I remember the one time he said about Max Mini, and I this is a joke, and like I said, if it's a joke and it's funny, whatever. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I heard he tried to commit suicide by jumping off a curb. Yeah. I, and I was like, well, well, now the circumstance is actually sad because Jerry Large lost his son to suicide. Oh. But it's like, you made a suicide joke about a midget. Yeah. And it's like, holy shit. No, like, it was like, at the time, like, Mike, I, whoever was commentating, like, popped and they laughed or whatever. But it's like, man, like, that's a real, mental health is a real issue now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that, if he would have made that comment now, and I understand why he would be fired, he would be fired. Yeah. But, I mean, in all honesty, I mean, between me and you, wasn't that shit funny as fuck, though? <laughs> Well, back before, like, you had, like, you know, yeah, I mean, it's a joke. Yeah. And like I said, you have to joke about serious things to make them less hurtful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it was like, like when I first heard it, I laughed, yeah. 
But then when you think about it, like when you think about the context of a lot of jokes, that's when it's not funny anymore. And that takes the fun out of it. But like, um, yeah, at the time it was funny, but I'm just saying a joke like that now no wouldn't fly. fly at all, man. That shit would not fly at all. I mean, and he's a like, doorknob. Everyone gets a turn. You're like, holy shit, dude. That, like, you said that on national TV. Yeah. And now, like, even now, just like for a short person or whatever, if you just even make the pun, you know, oh, looks like they came up short. I mean, that's kind yeah. of questionable <laughs> to some people. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I, I you know. I don't know. It's like when people make fun of Italians, I laugh and I'm Italian. But that's just the way some people are wired, you know? Like I think, um, like I said, if you don't laugh, then it gets too serious. But like the stuff that they did in the 90s without context or even with context, I don't think Raw would be the the highest weekly episodic show. You know what I mean? Nah. It, it It would be done because... Someone, the FCC would shut it down. So now, here we are, some two or so years later. The um, rant with that, the Wrestle Attic Radio has grown to what it is today. I know there's still some places that you're reaching for, some stars that you're still trying to uh, ascend to. Um, what you got coming up next, man? What What more can you do? What more do you want to do with your brain? Um, I want to make more friends, man. I want to make this family bigger. I want um, I want everyone to have fun. I want to grow this website. I want to start adding video content. Uh, I want to get different personalities. I want us all to be Rant with Ant. Mm-hmm. I want us all to to be the brand. I always say be the brand. I want us all to be the brand. I want us, you know, I want this to become a community. Um, NAI has an amazing community and I'm yep. glad that I'm glad that like I was a part of that and I still am a part of it and Rant with Ant is still a part of that and a lot of we share a lot of listeners. I want that I want to grow this community even bigger with great people because the people I met through the community that they built and you know that we are a part of and you're a part of and everyone's a part of is like amazing. Like I sit there and I talk to these people that I just we have the interest of wrestling. Me and Josh Lopez, we didn't know each other before we did the pipe bomb, right? Mm-hmm. Me and him the other night had an hour conversation when I was driving home from work, just shooting the shit, man, catching up. And it's like, that's that's the kind of shit, like the community of wrestling, like I want to focus on the good stuff. Like there's a lot of bad stuff on Twitter. There's a dark side of wrestling. There's yeah. stands and fandoms and I'm showing my age because I actually know where the term stand comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but you have all these different you know, dumpster fires going on on Twitter. And it's like, but then we. Okay. You have all these different dumpster fires, but then you have the good part of wrestling where we're at, like where it's like, these guys want to help each other out. They want to, you know, how many friends can you make? How many people can you hang out with? We had these hangouts with 30 people and it's like, everyone knows each other through Twitter, but it's like they've known each other their whole life. I want to add to that. But as far as right with that, man, my main goal was to be on Talking Shop with Chris Jericho, Gallows, and Anderson. That's my number one goal. That's what I want. But I want to make this like the Barstool Sports. I want it to be, you know, Barstool has different personalities. I want people to take over our Instagram and do funny stuff. And I want to, I want to show that there is so much fun to be had in this crazy world of wrestling with people of all different cultures, religion, races. I want us to show that we are one. I want it to show that everyone can enjoy something and love each other and 
get away from the hateful environment of everything else going on in the world and take this mental escape to pro wrestling, be crazy, be fun, and just be the brand. That's all I want for that show. Um, and I would like to marry Nikki Bella. <laughs> I'll edit it out for your wife's sakes. I don't care. She knows. She's my free pass. If sister wives, whatever has to happen, it will. Uh, all the, all, Nikki, this is my plea to you. If you want a single family home, 900 square feet, you want to drive a nice Ford Fusion, or maybe you could take my Kia Sorento, please call me. I'll give you my number. I'll sign to your DMs. We can even eat at Olive Garden every Thursday night if you want. Hey, man, she is looking for a new spot. You know? It might not be a Lamborghini, but gosh darn it, that Kia Sorento has some get-up. Yep. See, there, and there's consistency. There's a continuity in this podcast that me and you have. When you was way back here, the, uh, what, the last year or two or whatever that it was, you had the exact same closing lines about Nikki Bella's single-family home. And <laughs> yep, I, the pitch doesn't change. Until I sell the single-family home, it's a 900-square-foot single-family home. You can stay in my studio, Nikki. I have a lot of your action figures. I have a cardboard cut out of you. It might weird you out a little bit, but hey. Yeah, it's partially it's true. Used. You know, I Listen, I have the same sales pitch. It's going to be my sales pitch. It was my sales pitch when I met her. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, actually the first time I met her I just froze up and told her I loved her the oh. second time we actually had conversations and she kept giving me hugs and then I yelled at the photographer because they told us to speed it up Yeah, you know what man I'm, I'm going to tell you what I, I think I said a little bit of something about it this is like um, this past WrestleCon in here in um, New Orleans that was my first one ever my first convention of any sort you know and I was like that the whole time. I froze the fuck up, man. It was just like, yeah. I, and then plus, and you know, I never been to anything like that. So I didn't know how to conduct myself in that environment because I seen people, they were selling autographs and selling pictures and shit. So I was just like, well, shit, that, I wonder how much it is to have a conversation with the motherfucker, you know? So, yep. you know, I was out of my element then, but like, if I ever go to another one, I know how, how to handle myself now. <laughs> I was like, I can't wait to meet Tessa Blanchard. I can't. Oh, my God. Look at Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> oh, man. Kiara Hogan. And then, and and then actually, I talked to, to Tessa, and um, we actually had like a 10, 15-minute conversation, which was dope. Yeah. I got to see uh, former guest Kiara Hogan in person. So that was amazing. Got to see Eva Lee in person. That was amazing. Um, the, so the, the best story of my meet and greet. Zelina Vega put up a picture of her dressed as a Mortal Kombat character. Mm -hmm. And it was sexy, right? Like, it was like, my God. Like, Zelina Vega is, if, like, if there's a number two to Nikki, it's Zelina Vega for me. Mm -hmm. um, so, I and I meet her. I met her, Sienna, and Ember Moon. It was all part of the meet and greet. Mm -hmm. I go, here's your figure, Ember. Here's your figure, Andrade. And then I hand her the picture of her in, like, this bikini Mortal Kombat, and she goes, oh, so we're doing this, huh? And I was like, yo, you put it on the gram. It's fair game, right? And she's like, I guess. And then she signed it. And I'm looking at the picture right now, like, god damn, I love this picture. But like, <laughs> yo, it was so funny, because like, as she was as she was like getting all me like joking about me getting that picture signed, CN was looking at Cody who like behind me and shaking his head like, god damn, she's fine. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. And, and just just like, I mean, I don't think that they, they don't have like a relationship relationship thing. You know, they have a working uh, relationship. I think they might. They might. That's the rumor. I don't know, man. I'm not a dirt sheet. I don't I don't yeah, care yeah. what they do in their personal time. But 
that's what I've heard. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm just saying if, even if it's just like a business relationship, that is still got to be a hard relationship. It's like, dude, you, you travel with her, you were, and, and she's like, God, Austin Aries, like, how did you let that go, man? Yeah. But it's like John Cena. It's like, yeah, you're an idiot. You said you wanted kids after she broke up with you, moron. Yeah. But I mean, like Nick Bella, she'd be like, hey, I want kids. I'd be like, okay, how many? Um, okay. Um, is this Steve Martin cheaper by the dozen? What are we doing here? You tell me. I'll do it. Am I stay at home, dad? What do you want for dinner? Yeah. Shit. Even Dolph <laughs> was like, hey, I give you kids. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, right? Jesus. Yeah, but then that kind of, some in some of those instances, not all instances, it kind of bring me back to that old saying that I've heard. He's like, if um, you can show me a, a pretty single girl, you can sh- I can show you a guy that's tired of her shit. So, you know, something might be up in the upstairs region, in the, in the brain housing group. I'm convinced my wife is so hot and she's a little crazy. I'm convinced all hot. All, I think all hot people in general are just crazy. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I hope that's not. I think if you look better than an average person, you're probably nuts. That's just me. That's what, you know, <laughs> like my wife is definitely fucking nuts. She married me. Yeah. Yeah. I can, so I can, there's I can, something there's a screw loose or two. Yeah, I can agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, t- I told my matter of fact, I mean, it's funny that you say that. I said something similar to my wife today is like um, I was in my little room out there. I was hanging out my hanging up my outlets and, you know, just running some wires and shit. And she came in there. She was looking it over and I said something stupid, as I tend to do. And uh, she's like, something is wrong with you. I was like, well, that says a lot about you if you with me. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, like, yeah, I get what is wrong with you. I don't know. What's wrong with you? Like, you're the one who said I do. <laughs> exactly, right? Like, I batted up. Like, I I went from, like, bench warmer to Hall of Fame, and, like, I'm not trying to go back down the Little League and shit, so you're stuck with me. You're going to have to get rid of me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I batted above my average, hit the Hall of Fame, and I retired. Exactly. I'm, hanging up the, I'm hanging up the jersey. Like, that's that, the issue's on you, because I got, I went way above average. Yes, I am. I, I've hit gold. I got the 125 stars in Mario 64. I'm not running around fucking looking at mushrooms trying to find them. Like, you're the one still running around because you're stuck with me. Oh, man. Analogies on analogies. Yes. Mario 64. Now I want to play it. Fuck. I seen a Nintendo 64 today. My eight-year-old, well, my seven-year-old, she'll be eight years old Friday. We went to the video store today and she seen a Nintendo 64 sitting up there. She's like, I don't know what this is. I was like, oh, it's one of the greatest gaming systems ever. Oh, dude. A double, 007 GoldenEye. Yes. But here's the thing. Who remembers any level besides the bathroom level in 007 GoldenEye? Because, I mean, even if you beat the game, you still go back and play that level. <laughs> That's the only level I ever played in the history of Everdom. That's the only one I played. And then... You had Mario Kart, then you had Super Mario 64, then you had Ken Griffey Jr., then you had Wayne Gretzky 3D Hockey, then you had WCW NWO Revenge. Yep, then you had the, what WCW versus the World. Then you had- Yep, that was the first one, and then you had Attitude, right? Yeah. Oh, dude, shit. the video games were great back then, dude. I used to be so hyped for video games to come out. Uh, I, no lie, we used to skip school to go home and play them shits. Yeah, well, so fun fact, my dad um, owned a video store and video game rentals. And, you know, like when 64 came out, 
the, the cool thing about those systems back then is there weren't this overflux of games that there are now. It was like the games that came out were special. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it was like you'd get Wave Runner, Wayne Gretzky, Mario. Those are the three games that are coming out with the system. Then you have to wait three months. So you better get those fucking games. Mm-hmm. And now it's like game, 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 game. You're like, well, I've never even heard of half the games no. people play. And then no one plays them because they just play Fortnite. No, there's so many games that damn, if you have Xbox Live, they give you fucking six games a month for free. They just give them to you. Like, here, you can have these motherfuckers. Dude, I literally love video games, but I cannot play games anymore. Like, I can't. Like, I played Fortnite, like, a couple rounds. I'm like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. I remember in Gears of War on Xbox, I was ranked 40th in the world at one point because all I did was play that motherfucking game. And then I had to drop out of my freshman year of college. <laughs> <laughs> and then my mom said, you know what? I was going to pay for your freshman year of college, but now you can. And I said, well, guess it's time to not play Xbox anymore. <laughs> yeah, man. I can remember we had, I think it was Halo 2. We had that. We played that shit so damn much. We would bring TVs and Xboxes to work. Oh, it, yeah. We well, we, what we would do is we would bring them to each other's houses. So me and my two best friends all lived on the same street. And it'd be like, we'd be in my basement. I'd have a TV screen. My boy Nate would have a TV screen. And my boy John would bring his 32-inch TV screen. And we'd have them all hooked up. Mm-hmm. All of it running. And that way, we could be on the same team, but be hanging out together. Yeah. And play online so we can get our KD up. Hell yes. That's a good old days, man. You can't even do that shit. I don't even think you could take two Xboxes and hook them up together anymore. Bro, I don't even I don't even know if people play video games with each other in the same room anymore. I think it's everything's just online. Yeah, and then like I don't they barely make those games anymore cuz like I, re- I remember the last time that me and my son sat in the same room on the same couch and played a game together and it was Army of 2 on 360. Yeah. We played the first one, we played the second one, and we played um, the cartel one that came out later on. And I think that was the last time we sat on the same couch and played like a co-op. It's like so refreshing like to even just be talking to you, like physically talking, because I feel like so much of everyone's lives is through like electronics now. Yeah. Like electronics is great. We're having this conversation right now because of technology, but it's like I don't call my wife when I'm on my way home from work anymore. I, I text her. I'm on my way. Yeah. Now, Phil and Girod, they'll tell you otherwise because I call them on the way home from work every night because I'm always like, hey, I'm done work. Let's talk about rambling that because when I get home, I'm not going to want to talk about it. <laughs> I want When I get home, I want to shower. I want to see my, my wife. I want to see my kid. You know what I mean? But it's just everything's so done through technology. You're texting. Like I remember when people had to call my house phone. Kids these days don't know how good they have it because when they call – people it's their cell phone so you know they're picking up you ever try to call a girl in fifth grade and her dad picks up the phone and you're like oh shit (laughs) you know what i mean they don't have to live with that they don't have to live with you being on the phone trying to mack it in like sixth and seventh grade talking all this sweet shit and then your mom picks up the phone and starts fucking dialing when you're on the phone your mom on the the fucking phone phone. i'm on the phone Oh, I'm sorry. Chicken cutlets are done. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Dog, I mean, we 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 were a black family. It was it was a trope. 
this was a damn stereotype. I had, you know, at a certain point, I had my own line in my room. So I'm in there in my room doing, you know, in my room things. And I get a phone call. I'm thinking it's a hottie, something like that. Oh, yeah. And it's my mom in the other room talking about bringing me a glass of water. Yeah. (laughs) I remember my dad's fat ass. My dad's the man. But I remember my dad would be downstairs in the living room. Like, my house we grew up in was pretty big. He'd be downstairs in the living room. And, like, he'd be like, Adrian! And he'd be like, yelling for my sister. And if she faked asleep, Anthony! And I'm like, fuck, what? So, like, I run down the steps because I'm like, yo, what's going on? Like, my brother's handicapped. Did he fall? What's going on? You know what I mean? What's going on? Do you need me? And he'd be like, yeah, can you go to the fridge and get me a Diet Pepsi? I'm like, son of a bitch, you're right next to the kitchen. <laughs> Yeah. My parents would literally, like, my dad would yell to get us out of bed just to get him a drink. But, like, now I kind of respect that. I respect the gangster because when I'm on the couch now, my daughter understands stuff. I'm like, hey, Ella, can you get daddy a soda? <laughs> She'll go in the fridge and get me a soda. And you're like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I see I see what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, shit. Yeah, I got you. Like. It's just, it's, you know, we're the old thing they used to do. I don't know if like people still do this to kids. I do it to my daughter. I'll be like, hey, Ella, can you go get daddy a pillow or like whatever I want? I'll be like, I'll time you. Oh, you, know, no. you know, damn well, you ain't fucking counting. She brings back the pillow. You're like, six seconds. You got to do it faster next time. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of people done it, but I never had that done to me. Oh, all the, my sister got me all the time with that shit. She's six years older than me. And she's like, Ann, can you go get my laundry out of the dryer? I'll time it. I'm like, oh, yeah, competition. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, um, what I would do with the youngest, the younger kids anyway, when it, well, the older two when they were smaller and the youngest kid I have now, it was like, we'll be at the table eating and I would like act like I'm kind of, you know, shoveling it in real fast, but like, oh, I'm going to beat you and try to, in order to try to get them to, you know, think of it as a competition so they can eat their damn food. <laughs> Yeah, right. I was like, oh, I'm winning. I got two more pieces yeah. left. Oh, I got two more pieces left. <laughs> I got to fucking bribe my kid with junk food. Ella, daddy will give you ice cream. Can you just eat the damn chicken nugget, please? See, my my wife started that shit. And I, that's, I'm, I'm so pissed about that. Well, that's what my wife did. But now it's ingrained. So I have to do it. That's what I'm saying. Because like, because all right, the older two kids that I have. It's from another marriage or whatever. The they live with us, but um, the baby, the one you know between me and Mrs. B. Rob, she this is her first child. So I mean, the 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 rules kind of are different because this is her first child and so on and so. But anyway, with the older two, it was like, all right, you eat your food, you get snacks. Yeah. But at a time, you know, it was weaning. I weaned them off of that you know because it's like me kind of showing you to like hey i mean you're not gonna get what you want all the time in life you yeah know? you have to earn something you have to it's a privilege to eat snacks it's not a, a right you know what i mean yeah so now with this one the baby that's all she know is less like if she want a snack i mean it's kind of good because like she don't go straight for the junk food now she'll go make a ham sandwich real quick eat that shit down just so she can get, get some snacks yeah, at least it's real food, though. Yeah. It, or unless it's coffee cake. Then this motherfucker eat a whole pan of coffee cake 
and then want some pop tarts after. It's like coffee cake, despite it being a breakfast food ish, is not like it's mm. still kind of junk food. It's yeah. still not health. Like so, like the other day, it's like, like I said, name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My daughter's three and a half, so she's like, or she's about to be four, so she's like starting to understand. She's starting to grow. Well, mommy had to work Saturday, so daddy wakes up with her, and I'm like, Ella, watch your iPad. You know, you've got an hour of this. Daddy's got to go to the bathroom. I come out. She has two Hershey bars finished. I went, what did you do? She's like, I had Hershey for breakfast. I was like, oh, my God. Like, she went into the snack drawer on her own, took it, unwrapped it, and ate this shit. And I was like, what did mom teach you? Like, what what happens when I'm at work? Because you know you can't have that unless you're like – it's like a treat. Like – Hey, you were really good today. Here's a Hershey bar. She ate two of them. One sitting. I, I literally was in the bathroom for five minutes. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I was just like, what the hell are you doing in the bathroom to where she can finish off two fucking candy bars? Well, I was like, <laughs> well, they're not like the big ones, but they're the, yeah. the medium-sized ones. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, just like pissing, took a shit, shaved, five minutes. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, the, the, the morning ritual, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm like... Yo, I and like I try not yelling at her, but she was so cute because she had the chocolate on her face and the wrappers, and I'm like, this is like uh, this is like a movie, you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's like a scene from a movie, and she looks at me and she has these blue eyes, and I'm like, all right, you're fine, <laughs> you're my you're my only baby, so you get away with murder. Yeah, just just don't do this shit next time. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, listen, next time just ask daddy, and you know the whole day, and then and then she's at that stage where now she knows how to play me, and she's like. Daddy, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry, Daddy. Daddy, are you mad at me? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm like, God. I'm not mad at you. And then she goes, can I have a Hershey? I'm like, no, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> she knows how to play the game now. So it's like, now it's kind of fun because it's like, when you say yes, she's like shocked. Yeah. But she's going to be a bad kid, man. She's going to be a bad, she's going to be a good kid, but. Uh, she's very stubborn, and I was very stubborn when I was younger. Like, you would be like, hey, Anthony, don't go in the ocean, and don't, you know, like, I'm in there swimming and was drowning. You know what I mean? Like, shit like that. And, and she got a good form on that elbow drop, man. I've seen some cool uh, things. The, the um, wrestling practice happens um, at least twice a week. In the pool, we're learning the frog splash. Mm-hmm. Um, well, tadpole splash. Cause she, yeah, you know. the tadpole splash. She's getting good at that. The elbow drops beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I think I think she can give anyone a run for their money with the elbow drop. Um, so we're gonna keep we keep recycling that. So right now, last week what we went over was pin. Mm-hmm. You have to pin daddy. If daddy pushes you off at two, you didn't win. So she would jump. She would do the frog splash, and she would do a leg drop, and then she would hit me with the pillow, acting like it was a chair. And I'm like keep kicking out and she's like i you know i want to win and i'm like hit your special move yeah i was about to say what's the special move it's that elbow drop it's over you know so then she starts going for the kill shot with the elbow drop then she starts dropping it but now i have to ingrain her that one finisher should finish a match so i have to eat that pin like six times in a row (laughs) (laughs) now down what what are we gonna go to next and like you got to go have to throw a drop kick in there somewhere. So what, what style of drop kick are we going to? Are we going front drop kick or just a traditional drop kick? She's kind of got the Daniel Bryan um, running drop kick down where she lands on her back. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of like that one. 
Um, we're, we're trying to learn the spear, but she's not picking up on it. It looks more like a Luthez press. Yeah. Um, is that what it's called? Yeah, with like how Stone Cold do. Yeah. So her spear looks like that. So it's still a good move to have in the arsenal. But I really want to get the ooh and the spear in, you know. <laughs> I really want to get that going. But it's so fun, man. I mean, having a kid is the greatest thing in the world. And I understand why people don't want to have them. I get that point. But I was someone who was very, um, I want to wait. I want to wait. We didn't wait. I had my daughter and it's literally like, that's what you live for after you have a child. That's what you live for. And, uh, you know, me and my wife are, you know, in talks of maybe having a second one. Oh, trying and to shoot for a junior, huh? I, and he would be a junior. That's the funny thing. So, um, my, my daughter's favorite wrestler is AJ Styles and we would have an AJ if we had a little brother. So there's that. Well, there it is. So, it's funny though, because it's it just, I have this girl and like my wife's like, you have a girl, but you play with her like she's a boy. That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> I'm like, but it's like, I'm the one who's like, you want to play princess tea party? And she goes, let's play wrestlers. And I'm, what am I going to say? No. Yeah. It's my, like. My oldest child was a girl and she was a boy until I got a boy. <laughs> you know, like. And guess what? My daughter, no one's going to fuck with her because she, she she knows how to beat some ass right now. Yeah. You know? When she gets into preschool and one of them little jerk-offs is mean to her, she's going to go upside their head. Yep. And I'll be very proud. <laughs> hit him with the front drop kick into the swings. <laughs> Yo, hit him with the elbow drop. She knows it's over. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, I mean, because, you know, she's so young and that's something that you kind of showing her, you know, to play around with. But one day, I'm telling you, going to get into an altercation. And she's going to go and hit the mug with the elbow drop. And yep. the kid going to get up. And she's going to be like, but I hit you with my finisher. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's her. Um, the other day, so like the, the backfire part of it is the other day, she, my wife said she couldn't get a toy. And she swung at my wife. Oh, yeah. And that's when I was like, I will beat your ass if you do that again. Like, I will spank you. And you will get no iPad. You'll get no TV. Do not hit. And that's the weird because she's in that three and a half, four stage where she doesn't understand that you can't hit because she hits daddy when we play. Yeah. So it's trying to separate that. But, you know, I have aspirations for my child. She loves wrestling right now. I hope she continues to, to love wrestling. Um, I hope that this pay-per-view evolution keeps happening Yeah. because there's nothing I want more in this world than to sit at a wrestling show with my daughter watching an all-women's pay-per-view because it breaks down glass ceilings for her, not only as a wrestling fan, but as a woman where it's she gets empowered to know that she can go for her goals. And I love everything WWE is doing with the women's division. I went to a house show. There's tons of little girls there dressed like Becky Lynch, dressed like Asuka, and it was just so awesome to see. And it's like, that's what it's about. And, you know, before we wrap up or whatever, that's what, like, the whole thing about wrestling to me is I don't care what a grown man in his mother's basement says about Roman Reigns. I don't care what they say about Sasha Banks. I don't care what they say about Alexa Bliss because I've been to shows. I've seen the joy on the kid's face and I've seen the memories created and that's what it's about. So if you don't like Roman Reigns, too fucking bad. Little kids do and that's what the show's for. Yep. I agree. On that note, my friend, I think we're going to have to ride off into that good night. 
Oh, I got a shower, man. It's been um, I've been going since five a.m., so I'm ready to shower and maybe go to sleep. Maybe. Maybe we got that, you know. I then I start going on weird porn sites. <laughs> I mean, if you ever feeling sleepy or whatever, I mean, if the kid is still up, have a hit you with the elbow drop, you should pass right up. Yeah, no, she strict bedtime, man. Eight o'clock. All right. I only get the eight thirties. Like tomorrow night, I'll get an eight thirty because my wife knows I record, mm. so I want to get that thirty minutes of hanging out with my daughter, and then I'll put her to sleep, and then I'll come out here. But when daddy's home. 7.45, 8 o'clock, like clockwork, she'll wake up at 6 a.m. Boom. <laughs> but hey, Boom. Man, tell everybody where they can find you. You can you. find me, Anthony DeStefano, at AntDeStefano24 on Twitter. Um, I, think it's Ant, I think it's on Instagram. I don't know what my Instagram name is. Find me on Twitter. I post Instagram shit anyway. Um, you can find the brand, Rant with Ant, at Rant with Ant on all social media platforms. You can see us as a part of Summer Rant Weekend, where we'll be doing a hangout at McMahon's on Saturday, a hangout at McMahon's on Sunday. Please, if you like wrestling, give us a shot. Listen to Rant with Ant. Go to rantwithant.com. Subscribe, follow, listen, like. If you can't get enough wrestling talk, check out WrestleAttic Radio. we got tons of great shows on there. Um, Phil does something called Fanboy Philium. He also is a part of a wrestling podcast, Who Got Next, which is probably one of my favorite podcasts out, and that's not me being biased. g just dropped a new book. You got to go by it. It's posted on his Twitter. Phil's Twitter is at FilliamRWA. G-Rods is at Real G-Rod. I am at AntiStefano24. Together, we are at Rant with Ant. We love to talk wrestling. We love to talk sports, music, whatever you want to talk about. Send me Nikki Bella pictures and make my day. That's all I want for, for my life is just unlimited Nikki Bella pictures. <laughs> Praise be to the gods of Nikki Bella. <laughs> yes. right. I just actually... The other day, I got some bad news about work, so I ordered a Nikki Bella autograph. All things are good now. Uh, all things are right in the world. I mean, her autograph's not even that nice, but that's, we'll, we'll get into that. In a <laughs> it's literally a heart and an end, but whatever. Um, but, dude, thank you so much for having me on, man. It's always great talking to you. Um, you know, anytime that you want to do any wrestle talk, if you want to create videos or whatever you want to do, you always have a platform with me. We'd love to have you do anything, you know, love to do some more co-branded stuff. I love your show. I love what you stand for. And uh, thanks for having me on, brother. All right, man. And then I appreciate you and everything that you bring to the world, my friend. It's not just to us wrestling fans, but to everybody, everybody in New Orleans and Florida and wherever else that you've been spreading the joy of Anthony Stefano. <laughs> Drink it in, man. Drink it in, man. <laughs> And there it is, King Dingling Anthony DeStefano. I don't know why I described him that way. I, I have no earthly idea of what the man penis looked like, but I said it. So what? And um, yeah, man. And that's it. That is the end of the trilogy with the boys over there at the rant with Ant. Um, kind of crazy how this kind of played out because um, I, I recorded uh, I think Philium first. Then um Ant, then G Rod. But uh, little did I know that uh you know with whatever G Rod has got going on or whatever he is uh taking a step back away from uh the Rant with Ant podcast so he can uh pursue some other things and um kind of keep that focus like how we talked about on his episode. So um yeah, man. Now it's down to Sir Philium 
and uh, Anthony DiStefano, which, I mean, even Ant kind of talked about it in this episode. If somebody was able to step away or anything like that, I mean, rant when that would still go on, you know. But it's it's not goodbye forever. It's just, you know, he said he's stepping away for a little bit. So he might come back later on down the road. Who knows? I don't know what the hell's going on over there. I just talked to the guys over here on this side and, uh, you know, picked their brains a little bit. But it was like crazy right you know we had them all here they were talking about the show and this and that it kind of was a little bit of foreshadowing if you listen to the episodes and kind of some of the things that they were saying it was kind of almost a build up to it but not really but it is what it is no they ain't leaving on bad terms they ain't on bad terms with each other so it's not a big thing I'm just saying I'm just speaking shit out of my head so anyway um if you enjoyed that uh three series breakdown of the rant with that podcast if you uh have another show in mind that you would like to get a breakdown with the host of the of the show uh let me know dm me send me a text or some shit uh maybe i can reach out to those people and um get them on the show and we can um break them down shotgun style and um break it down the inner breakings of the podcast that they host i said a lot of shit there <laughs> like i kept saying breaking that I, I i've had that happen to me lately to where i get fixated on a word and i keep repeating it like studio.com to where you can get 15 percent off your purchase at studio.com you know studio.com where you can get the uh cool headphones with the 15 percent off promo code 3r show 15 at uh, studio.com you see how i keep doing that shit i don't know why i keep doing it I, I i can't understand like when i got on the tangent about hooks rubs and spices you know you can go to hooks rubs and spices dot etsy dot com and uh save 10 percent if you use the promo code three r show it's on hooks rubs and spices dot etsy dot com and you get 15 percent off if you use three r show as the promo code when you check out I don't know why I keep repeating the same shit over and over again. It's it's, it's something in my brain. <laughs> that was on purpose. So, <laughs> but anyway, hey, I, I I'm glad to have all three of them there. As um, I'm recording this right now, they uh, should be out there, SummerSlam way in Brooklyn, enjoying some of the festivities and whatnot, getting ready for all in at the end of the month or the beginning of September. So. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff going on with the Russell Attic and the Rant with Ant and all this cool stuff. So I wish all them guys the best of luck. I didn't talk myself in circles. My, my fucking brain hurt. Uh, let me get the hell on out of here. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at It's B-Rob. That's I-T-S-B-R-O-B. If you want to talk professional wrestling and the general shenanigans, that's the place you do it. The show has its own Twitter at 3RShow. Um, and if you're hip and trendy, you should also be following at 3R Show 2. That's T O O. You can go to randomrobcast.com where you can find all manner of those ways of supporting the show, such as uh, using the Amazon links for when you purchase something. I get a little kickback. You don't have to pay nothing extra. Um, I have a merchandise store on there. Um, currently, it's the one with represent and uh, spread tees on there. But uh, once I update the website, you will have um, the new merch store with. Uh, we have merch.com. That's we have merch.com. That's W E H A V E M E R C H. We have merch.com to where you can get my new three R show logo hat, some coasters, some t shirts, 
and everything and at a lower, more affordable price and um, decent shipping and whatnot. So um, you can go to all those uh, merchandise stores or whatever, whatever your preference is. If you dealt with representing, you like what they got, go to represent. If you like spread tees, go to spread tees. Um, go to wehavemerch.com, find the random rounds with Rob, and boom, there you go, more merch. Um, Amazon uh, Prime Trials on my website, randomrobcast.com. Um, Amazon wish list if you want to donate equipment to the show so you can get that horrible buzz out of the background that you might hear every now and then that'll bleed through even though I tried to edit it out. Son of a bitch. And um, you can also become a patron through Podbeam, my server. Um, all, the link is on randomrobcast.com. Just like Patreons like Brandon McIntyre, Glenn Abbott, uh, King Ajar, Bob Hines, and Robert Cook is I'm stumbling over the names a little bit. They and getting a whole bunch of them up there now. I and I honestly and I really truly appreciate it. But you don't have to be like those gentlemen, you know, support monetarily. The most important thing that you could do for this show is write a review, preferably five stars. But if it's not five stars, if it's anything below, I would appreciate some honest feedback, some constructive criticism. So I can make this show better or ignore you entirely and just pad my stats up. <laughs> but hey, man, that's the most important thing you can do for this podcast. Any podcast that you listen to is to write a review, share the show, uh, listen to the show, make your friends listen to the show, um, all that stuff. Those things are more important than money. I, I would very much so like that and appreciate it. But the money ain't bad. You know, if you want to do that <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you for listening. Um, sh- sh- shoot me, you know, text messages, you know, through the show number 304-825-57. Damn, is that the number? Yeah, 304-825-5762. That's 304-TALK-ROB. And um, yeah, man, we can chat. We can do things. That voicemail at the top of the show, I don't even know who the hell that was. It's from the 919, though, so that's the Raleigh-Durham era in North Carolina. So uh, yeah, anyway, man, shit, shit, I'm getting out of here. See you next time.